0: A mother and daughter who don't believe in fairy tales, a man claiming to be Santa Claus, the hearing of a lifetime? All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing The Miracle on 34th Street on this episode of Retro vs Remake. And I'm Dan Bulek. Welcome to another episode of Retro Retro vs. Remake. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies to their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are The Miracle on 34th Street. Alright, Miracle on 34th Street, made in 1947. I believe this is our oldest film we have reviewed, and probably will be for a while. Nice. Starring... Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Edmund Gwen, Gene Lockhart, Porter Hall, and Natalie Wood. Directed by George Seaton. Screenplay by George Seaton. Do want to give a shout out to Valentine Davis for writing the story, though. And music by Cyril Mockridge. Miracle on 34th Street, 1994. Starring Richard Attenborough, Elizabeth Perkins, Dylan McDermott, J.T. Walsh, James Ramar, Jane Leaves, Robert Prosky, Josh Ackland, and Mara Wilson. Directed by Les Mayfield. I just wanted to mention some films he did. One, a 90s classic, Encino Man. Unfortunately, we won't be able to do that on this show, but we will do one of his other movies, I'm sure, and that's Flubber. I'm sure we'll be comparing that to The Absent-Minded Professor one day. Anyways, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Screenplay by... John Hughes, who returns, we haven't done a John Hughes as a screenplay writer since 100 Walden Dalmatians, so we'll see how this goes. George Seaton also gets a screenwriting credit in this film, and the music by Bruce Broughton. Okay, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film?
1: I've seen a lot of Christmas movies. I've seen uh, Smurfs Christmas movie, Pac Man Christmas movie, probably Pac-Man some other Christmas things. Movie? Oh, it's not great. Uh
0: I got I got to see this. I'm the video game guy uh, in this series. How did I miss that? It,
1: it was missed uh intentionally. They don't want you to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I used to have like uh Cartoon Network, Boomerang whatever it was and they had all the Christmas stuff. This one both of these films missed me completely. Uh you know, I guess maybe because it wasn't cartoon based, but I have never seen Miracle on 34th Street in any iteration.
0: I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. I've seen so many Christmas movies, um, not all those cool cartoon ones that you've seen, but um seen my fair share. And yeah, neither of these films I'd ever seen or just even been interested in seeing like I knew about them. I think I knew more about the original because it just used to be on like WB back in the day. And I think it was colorized um, when they showed it on TV because I was looking for like, where's the colored version? This is the black and white. This isn't the right one. Yeah. So that confused me a little bit. Like, the most I was ever exposed to this was an episode of The Simpsons when um, Homer went to, like, this all-you-can-eat shrimp shack or something. And then he couldn't, he didn't get all he could eat, so he went to court. And then, like, let's show them just how much shrimp he ate. So there were all these people with bags and bags, like, oh, my God, is that all the shrimp? And it's like, oh, here they are, a bunch of letters to Santa. Oh, that's uh, the people versus Chris Kringle. That's the next room over. So that's my <laughs> most exposure to anything on Miracle on 34th Street.
1: Yeah, like thinking about it, I think you're right. I think they did used to colorize that film because I know of it. But like you mentioned, there just wasn't a lot of interest. And we'll see if any of that changed.
0: (laughs) We shall see. All right. They are very similar films. Most of the characters are the same. Some of the names are changed. We'll get into that. But first, let's go over a brief synopsis to say that. All right. It's the day of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and there are, there's a new fella in town in New York City who looks and acts a lot like Santa. Mrs. Walker is in charge of making sure the parade goes well. When her original Santa is too drunk to perform, she hires this new stranger on the spot. The risk pays off as this new Santa is a hit, and everyone loves him. He does so well, this man who calls himself Chris Kringle is hired to be their in-store Santa. At home, Mrs. Walker has a daughter, Susan. Susan often hangs out with the lawyer who lives across the hall. He also has an eye for her mom. Susan was also raised by her mom not to believe in fairy tales, which includes Santa Claus. And the next day, Chris takes up his new Santa post, and surprise, surprise, he is a hit. The kids of all backgrounds love him. He also tells parents other stories they can get better deals for toys. This seems bad for business, but parents love this customer-first approach, and Chris gets high praise from Top Brass. Other stores catch on, and get jealous. The lawyer even takes Susan to see Santa, and she starts to think that maybe he is the real deal. Chris finds out what Susan wants for Christmas, and that's a nice house and a family. Chris is a hit as Santa, but not everyone is convinced. A plan is hatched to trick him, and he is eventually committed to Bellevue Hospital. Chris loses his faith in people, and he fails the psych test on purpose. Eventually his faith is restored and the lawyer decides to defend Chris in a hearing. The prosecution wants Chris locked up for claiming to be Santa. The lawyer does his best to defend Chris, but things take a dire turn. Just when all hope seems lost, a last minute solution presents itself and Chris is free to go. Chris celebrates with the lawyer, Mrs. Walker, and Susan. After the celebration, the three drive past a house that looks exactly like the one Susan told Santa about. Susan knows this is a gift from Santa, and her mom and the lawyer decide to be there and get the house. Let me do that again. Susan knows this is a gift from Santa, and her mom and the lawyer decide to be together and get the house. It seems like Kris Kringle was Santa all along. The end. Okay. Very similar films there's definitely some differences most of the names are the same except for the lawyer well I guess we'll get into that one we bring him up yeah i just wanted to talk about like <laughs> um trials versus hearings because like this whole thing about like the trial and but it's not really a trial it's supposed to be a hearing in this movie so i looked up like what's the difference between a trial and a hearing like i asked my wife like what's the difference well you go to a hearing to see if it goes to trial and then like i didn't see that in my definition And then, like, sometimes there are witnesses in hearings and sometimes there aren't. Right. You don't necessarily need a jury in a trial, so it could be like a hearing. So I don't know what the hell the difference is between a hearing and a trial, really.
1: Yeah, the the distinction is lost on me, too. Like, I know um, in recent memory, and it's not very in the Christmas spirit, there's been different hearings and things like that in our country. And, you know, they've had (laughs) mixed reviews. But, yeah, I mean, the one I'm thinking of had a – had a grand jury, but, like, there was no... I don't know. It's just, like, a prosecutor presenting a case and then all that stuff. I, I, I don't even know if there was a defendant. But whatever. That's that's yeah. a lot of thinking for uh, this Christmas movie. <laughs> I know. So, if anybody out there... Just throwing it out there. If anybody
0: yeah. out there who listens to this is into law or does law, you know help us out. What's the difference between a hearing and a trial that's, like, easy to follow? Because yeah. what I Googled did not help me at all. Anyways, <laughs> this is a Santa movie. So... And because they are very similar, I think we should just compare our characters first. And who else should we start with than our main character, Chris Kringle, the man himself, Santa Claus. In our original film, it is Edmund Gwen. And in the remake, it's Richard Attenborough. You know, good old, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm like totally drawn blank today. What's his name in Jurassic Park? It's John right. Amon from Jurassic Park. It, it would have been better if I knew it. Okay, so where do you want to start with this Santa comparison?
1: A good place to start is the intro. Though they are almost the exact same sort of introduction to Santa, it's not because uh, the remake, and this happens sometimes in a remake, adds a bit of an extra sort of flair to it. When we first meet Edwin Gwynn, it's basically like, he's just kind of going about his business. He really isn't hasn't interacted with anyone else, but he's like, oh, look at this, this parade. Look at me having fun, and this guy that's uh, playing Santa, um, they have their interaction. But in the, uh, the remake, and I didn't catch this until later in the film because I wasn't paying that much attention, he talks to the judge that we see later in the film as like the first thing in the movie, which I thought was interesting. We'll get into why that works or doesn't work, I think. But, uh, you know, someone immediately sees him and says, hey, you look like Santa. And, like, all right, I, <laughs> can, can I say this? Like, I, I didn't see it. <laughs> like that original guy gave me big time santa vibes and i was like mm-hmm. man look at this guy running around looking like santa <laughs> and then like uh uh we we were talking a little bit off camera like richard abenborough looks like that guy from jurassic park <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean he definitely does look like a santa and i could see him being a santa but like this kid to be like come on ask him ask him <laughs> I'm like ask him what like what time it is like <laughs> i i don't know it just um the more organic kind of intro of this sort of jolly guy in the original that at this point hasn't really interacted with another party, like having Attenborough have a conversation with the judge and the kid and, you know, being like, that is a silly thing for a kid to think is is not at all like the character in the original, which is just like, there is no time where he's not playing Santa, right? Like he's Santa from the beginning of the film all the way through. And it seems like Attenborough has a little bit more self-awareness with people. Not a major plot point, but I did want to make that distinction.
0: I'm going to start with the beards. Okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna be, to start with the cosmetic part. Yeah, I think that Edmund Gwen got a solid Santa beard, man. That shit's it's pretty long. You know, uh, he gets the test uh, later in the film from Susan when she pulls it. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Attenborough... Little skimpy on that beard. I wasn't sure that he'd be able to, she'd be able to even grab any of those whiskers. It looks pretty small. So to your point, like for that kid to like, yeah, that guy kind of looks like Santa, old chubby guy with a white beard. But you know, it's not when you think Santa. That's a got a beard, man. <laughs> that's a very important part of his uh look. And you know, I I noticed that right away. <laughs> Just like mm, a little light on the beard. So uh, I did appreciate the kind of. Curly mustache thing that Attenborough had though, so uh, that was nice, but I would have liked a little more beard i know it's it's such a tiny point, but
1: i I just I, I noticed it right away It's a major point when you have a hearing about is this or is this not santa <laughs> uh, i mean the the details every detail is important, and you're right from all my experience with Santa, I guess I've seen the short beard Santa variation before, maybe on those like weird aluminum tins with the Christmas. cookies in them and stuff like that but like no you're right my my santa has a a healthy lengthy beard and edmund Gwynn pulls that off richard Attenborough, you know i i was not as convinced as that little kid was and i think hearing you say that too i think we're both in agreement that that's not all that makes a santa but it's an important factor in edmund's winning in the beard category
0: i might be jumping ahead here but like overall though when I'm trying to compare their two performances, they're pretty similar. They both have this kind of happy-go-lucky attitude that, like, yeah, I'm Santa and everything's fine, right? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me saying I'm Santa. Like, everybody's going to accept that. Like, he's not going to... He, he's not hesitant to tell people, yeah, I am Santa. Like, he right. he's, he's, he thinks, like, he'll tell people he's Santa and they're just going to be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> like they're not going to look at him like, mm, maybe you should be locked up in Bellevue, which happens later. <laughs> but um pretty positive guy all around until you know he does take a slightly dark turn yeah. halfway through in both films, but overall, you know just this um sort of source of like joy and just yeah, happiness well. that like everywhere he goes like he kind of it's, it's sort of infectious it's like it spreads, and yeah. I think he's able to do that pretty well in, or both actors are able to do that really well in the their respective I, films
1: I would agree A real holly jolly set of uh uh disposition you know what i notice and honestly this doesn't really extend to the character themselves uh because we get this sort of one-to-one scene of the thanksgiving day parade and the guy that's supposed to be santa and you know uh evan Gwynn's just like this guy what, what are you doing what are you doing you gotta, <laughs> gotta get get in there with the wrists and you know they both have that that scene and they both discover that this uh charlatan of a santa is, is <laughs> drunk and uh you know, he's given him a bad name, literally himself, the Santa. I felt like the remake, you know, it's not as consistent with this, but like um, tonally tried to make the joke uh, of this drunk kind of go like harder. Like there's a point where his pants are falling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a fart joke and stuff like that. And I'm like, OK, there's that sort of 90s flair that I'm expecting. Or is that John but-
0: Hughes? Right there. (laughs) For that Home Alone the guy who wrote Home Alone, John Hughes. (laughs) Not the uh, Breakfast Club, John Hughes.
1: Right, right. The only thing about it though is, you know, because of, like you mentioned, their performances are so similar they don't really stick with that tone, do they? They just kind of, you know, they pepper it in here and there, Mm -hmm. but um, more or less they stick with the script and to your point, it is basically these two actors playing a very, I mean very similar character. There's almost no difference in the way that they approach different situations they, they encounter.
0: Yeah, it's not too much different. I mean, they're both pretty great with the kids mm-hmm. um, when they're doing the in-store Santa. I'm just going to focus on one scene in particular that like tugged at my heartstrings. Um, oh, yeah. So in the original, there's a Dutch girl who doesn't really speak English that well. She's an orphan. So the mom, she recently adopted orphan. So the mom takes her, and she's like, well, she doesn't speak English. She just wanted to see you. And then immediately, Sam's like, fuck that. I know how to speak Dutch. (laughs) So he starts talking to her. Sinterklaas. Oh, I love that. That was so charming. And then you see the mom just choking up, and then I started choking up, like, what's happening here? This is goddamn adorable. And I'm like, there's no way the remake is going to do anything that good. And then, lo and behold, the remake brings in a deaf girl. And... Oh, I was just like, <laughs> what? Ugh, my heart. <laughs> it was so goddamn charming and adorable. And uh, I don't know, just something yeah. about like kids who just feel like there's no place for them and just finding somebody to connect with. Finally, it just I I fall for that every time. And the remake did a really good job of kind of upping <laughs> what the original did. Right. And right. So I'll give I... props to the remake there. But overall, like he's just great with children. Both films. Both actors are great. Yeah, I
1: would, I would say so. I think that his interactions with children are very consistent in um, both films. Like you said, that scene immediately jumped out to me, too. As soon as you said it, the tearjerker, yeah. I knew where we were going. Um, <laughs> what I found interesting, I guess we are going to draw a distinction about the original, is the amount of interactions that we have with adults mm-hmm. and like their perception of him. There, there seems to be a bit of that lacking in this remake. Like There's less opportunity, whether it's uh, his interaction with Alfred, who's eh, kind of a kid. He's definitely... Childlike for, uh, for his age. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of innocent guy. Uh, his interactions with uh, the doctors, like we get introduced to him and uh, Dr. Sawyer, who's like the psychiatrist in the film. Like, there's just more opportunities for him to interact with the adults. And I felt like the original movie took more time to convince me that the adults would be convinced that whether they believed he was sin or not, that they would be on his side. And I felt like, you know, the, there were less scenes like that in the remake um you know not that it, logically it was consistent enough that they were friends with him but i think they they took more time out to forge those relationships with adults as well as children in the original mm-hmm. in a way that i thought actually served that movie pretty well
0: yeah i think part of that is the longer runtime in the remake the remake is at least 20 minutes longer than the original so he might spend as much time like with kids in the remake but Because there is a much more focus on the adults there, too, it sort of takes away from that. But getting back to Albert, uh, that's one of the major differences that I could think of between the two Santas. Um, I'm going to go to where Santa assaults somebody. Um, In the original, Santa goes to defend Albert because this wannabe psychologist or psychiatrist is kind of like just making him feel bad about wanting to be just there for children or just making children happy he's like there's obviously something wrong with you or something you did or something you will do that you have this need to make children happy he's like how could you do this so like that makes santa very angry and yeah he just bop, bops him on the head yeah. kind of out of nowhere so he um attacks somebody sort of in defense of another person mm-hmm. in the remake um the drunk Santa who got fired is sort of egging him on in the streets. He's like, "Oh, what do you you, you like the kids in some weird way?" So, yeah. it's not he's not necessarily defending anybody else, but he's just I don't like what you're saying about me. So, it's just a small little difference that he attacked him because of what you're saying about me as opposed to like I'm doing this for somebody else. Yeah. So, I, I just wanted to make that little distinction too.
1: Yeah, and you know, I cuz there's a bit of lawyering in both films. The Lord's interpretation of that in the remake of, like, no, see, you were defending the honor of the kids. I'm like, nah, eh, right, you, you can go sell that to the judge. and not selling it to me. <laughs> in a lot of ways, actually, we're going to jump around a little bit more than I expected here, but uh, in a lot of ways, actually, I would say I'm glad you brought up the cane because I'd be remiss to not bring up that, although the beard is lacking, that Santa outfit in the remake is pretty pretty goddamn good. <laughs> you know, he's got the, the gold ring, um... I don't know. The glasses are perfect, in my opinion. Just like these uh, little circle gold rim glasses and stuff like that. The cane is silver, you know. <laughs> Interesting the way they decide to shoot it in that scene you're talking about. Like, it's almost like he throws it at me. It almost feels magical when he <laughs> uh, assaults that uh, that drunk. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I did want to make note that I think that's some, somewhere where they did spend their budget well. They, uh, they nailed that Santa suit in the remake
0: yeah he has this sort of like batman putting on the or bruce wayne putting on the bat costume like this glamour shot of like every like piece of the santa outfit just like beautifully shot yeah like you said that that wreath ring that he puts on you know it's like damn we're going fancy here with this santa so yeah they, they definitely didn't skimp on the budget with the the outfit for sure
1: but yeah i i think uh i think you're right though that that distinction there are little moments in the original that um Again, both actors did a fine job, mm-hmm. but I think there were a lot of moments in the original, and I'm sure we'll talk about this as we go through where I thought, especially for an older film, it was like actually these choices are actually really smart choices mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. a film and I think yeah. a lot of what they did worked, and mm-hmm. um sometimes when the remake deviated from it, i you know I question you know whether it worked as well, but I'm sure that's something we'll discuss, but uh, I think just the the uh the Alfred distinction, like this idea of this this kid who, um, I, mean, I assume there's really nothing wrong with him. is like, all right, he likes mm-hmm. to volunteer. He's kind of a happy-go-lucky kid, and people want him to be different. They want him to be more jaded. By bringing in a character like that that basically fills the same void, and they bring it up actually a couple times in the movie, of of a character that's being sort of judged for who they are, it extends the story beyond just the this Kris Kringle Santa story, and it, and it makes you ask bigger questions about, I guess, society and like, why do we deem that certain things need to be a certain way? And, and uh, Alfred's a nice sort of, how do you put it? He's almost like the canary in the coal mine of like, all right, here's a more normal person. Sure, he's not pretending to be Santa or he doesn't think he's Santa, but he does like the volunteer and sort of the implication that someone would make that a bad thing. I think that was interesting to explore. Mm hmm.
0: Another thing I think the original does a little bit more than the remake. Uh, we talked about Santa's interaction with the children. He definitely interacts with Susan, mm-hmm. the our young protagonist, a lot more in the original. I'm thinking of two scenes in particular. Uh, the first time that he kind of really hangs out with her, um, where, he's, where she's like, she doesn't even understand like how to play pretend and everything. Yeah. So he's like trying to teach her how to be a monkey. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with Christmas. It's just. You're seeing this old man who's claiming to be Santa Claus just interacting with this child. And that's what's what you want in your Christmas movie, right? Yeah. You want Santa and the kids to hang out. So yeah, just a scene that happens in the original that's not in the remake at all. And right. then another scene, it's another short scene. Uh, Susan's just chewing gum. And he's like, oh, let me chew some of that. Let me blow a bubble.
1: Yeah. And then,
0: bam, <laughs> blows bubble. Gets all over his beard. Again, yeah. it doesn't really drive the plot forward, but another charming scene uh, between Santa and Susan. Just absolutely, not in the
1: remake. Yeah, I mean, just even because uh, we we've watched movies recently, the older films, not quite this old as you mentioned, but uh, this is, in my opinion, sort of like in that Nutty Professor movie where the guy's arm get <laughs> yeah, yeah. long. It's kind of like that scene because you don't see the bubble, and mm-hmm. you know the effect is uh, it, it's hmm. not gum, but you know it, the effect Fair. actually works for the film. But I, I bring it up just because it's that type of beat that. I didn't think worked in a nutty professor because of the, how unrealistic it was, but I thought Mm. it worked here in a movie that's intentionally kind of not supposed to be that real. Like we're talking about is Santa real in a film. And like you mentioned these moments where he's not necessarily being Santa, but he's being like a charming old, old man. That's having like a fun interaction with a kid. Like, uh, those scenes, they, they stuck out to me too. Just uh, stick your chest out and you make it, bring your arm (laughs) up. I was like, that's that's great stuff, man. Like, uh, for uh, something that else that I think we're going to talk about, for as commercial as this film is, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, these tender moments actually work really well. And uh, again, my jaded old self actually, <laughs> um, you know, I, I de-grinchified a little bit there and enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Good good scenes, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I'm the same as you. I'm, my old grinchy self totally warmed up to those uh, scenes, just seeing, uh, you know, letting a kid be a kid and just... You know, just having fun with them. It's like, why not? why not? In the spirit of things, I'll have fun too. And I can't really think of any scenes like that in the remake. Can you think? I, I don't no. think. I, the, um, the two, they don't really have as many scenes together. None. There's a lot more scenes with her mom and the lawyer. and We'll get to that. But I can't really think of any scenes between Santa and Susan that really stuck out.
1: Like, even just small moments. No, I don't think I can think of any... Um... Other than her kind of seeing him interact with other people, I guess he described mm-hmm. that he speaks different languages, but that's not really, like, a charming no. moment. Yeah, um, but,
0: yeah, that was in the original, too. She was able to see him talk in other
1: languages, so. True. You know, like, it just, uh, yeah, that, that was not really a major element of this, of this remake, um, which is interesting because I think, it's, I think it's an important part of this story um, that that we're hearing, like his interaction with Susan is actually really important for his relationship with the mother as well because the mother has to begrudgingly accept as Santa because, you know, the kid's buying into it. In this remake, it seems like the film is more oriented on convincing adults more than children. I think mm-hmm. the kids just, blind faith, this is Santa, even though we're questioning the beard. Uh, uh, but like, the the. Even, like, he talks about in the film, like, uh, he says that, well, if I can't convince the mother, I'll never be able to, you know, I don't know, extrapolate, people won't believe in Santa. Uh, big, big claim there, but, you know, I, I just thought it was very interesting that they spent so much time focusing on the mother's reaction, and mm-hmm. I'm sure she's the character we're, we're gonna talk about, but I would say there's, in some very subtle ways, there's a major difference between the two moms, in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm done talking about santa if you want to just get right into the mom character
1: yeah yeah because uh although susan i think is important it is very important to talk about mrs walker yeah Uh,
0: i guess before we go uh, i'll just give a slight edge to edmund gwen in the original like we said uh, still a little more charming moments with susan can't deny that beard also and you know attenborough does a serviceable job but didn't really elevate what was already done is what i feel
1: i would agree with you on that and um I think both actors you know, came to the table with, uh, with a good performance. Mm-hmm. I think there are some aspects of the, uh, the script, actually, that hold Adam Burrow back, in my opinion. Uh, Edmund Gwynn, for, for whatever reason, the, uh, as everything's presented, and this is something we'll talk about, I think it's a little bit more cohesive and allows Edmund to... The word that's jumping out of my head is uh, legibility. Like I'm able to read from scene to scene a little bit better with him. You know, there's some, I guess, hand-holding that goes with that. But in this particular case, I actually thought that it worked. And I do give the slight edge to uh, Edmund based on his performance.
0: I, wait, actually, I just remembered something as you were talking. And I, I def- definitely want to bring it up. There's definitely another or a couple of major differences. And like in the original, it's just about like Santa. He doesn't mention anybody else. But in the remake, the Santa confirms that he has talked to the Tooth Fairy, mm-hmm. that he has talked to the Easter Bunny. Yep. So he's opening up the whole universe of all these sort of children's icons that aren't necessarily real. So And he's claiming they are real. Big distinction from the original. And that seems a lot more crazy when, yep. you know, now you're not just saying Santa's real, but now you're saying all these other sort of made-up children's icons are real. Yeah,
1: and there's elements of that too where... They question the legitimacy of the North Pole and uh, him having like the ability to make toys up there, and he's like, "Well, it's invisible." And right. It's like, hey, bro, uh, you got bring it, bring it down a notch. You know, you could see his lawyer just being so nervous about that interaction. Yeah, there, there are just more of these moments where, um, although I, I did say the original, he more sort of, it seemed unfiltered. No, you're right. In the remake, he's completely unfiltered because of some of the different elements that he's bringing up unprompted. Yeah. And I don't know, like that original character seemed more self-aware, I guess, in that sense. Like he's, mm-hmm. he knew that he was going to get a psych test. He knew um, that people were going to question him and he's able to sort of present his own evidence and actually kind of counter other people and say, what's your deal? You know, that's not something we really see from this remake. And it's like, once he yeah. becomes a victim in the film he, he kind of just in a lot of ways retreats sort of i i wasn't necessarily expecting i guess we did have more to say huh yeah <laughs> i guess so and
0: now, now that you're talking to like i got even more to say but you can finish yeah, your point yeah
1: but um yeah like i don't know like the original Santa felt like he was helping himself throughout this process and in this remake I don't think that he is helping himself. Like, for instance, uh, in court, everyone's kind of laughing and joking with this guy. Like, even though he's on trial or hearing (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) one of his first lines is like a zinger. And the judge is like, hey, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. That kind of is sort of the difference between the Edmund performance and Attenborough is that Edmund has charmed everybody. Right. Like everybody's on board with this guy. Even the guys that aren't on board with him are kind of like, man, I wish I we shouldn't have to go up against this guy. I kind of like him, you know? <laughs> Attenborough, there's actually actively people that don't like him and are certainly trying to undermine him, and I don't think he does enough to sway those people.
0: No, he certainly doesn't. And, yeah, just getting back to your point uh, when Santa... Santa. <laughs> when uh, Attenborough and the remake mentioned, uh, like, yeah, my, they wouldn't find my factory because it's invisible. I feel like the remake goes kind of out of its way to kind of explain how Santa could be real. Yeah. You're like so. We got the invisible factory, and then there's one scene like, how could Santa deliver all these presents in one night over there? He's like, well, you see, if you could slow down a time so that an hour becomes a year and a minute becomes a month, then you could do it. It's like, why? Why are we doing this right now? <laughs> it's just. just just say magic or something man. you don't gotta gotta Batman Begins I keep bringing up Batman you don't gotta Batman Begins it give me this origin story about why Santa can do what he does Just, just say magic or just I don't care I don't need all these details and I really feel like they're really trying to justify all this stuff or like why can't you make this reindeer fly well you can only fly on Christmas Eve of course it's like What? Okay. Yeah. Why did we need that? And what? Where did he get that reindeer? Was that one of the eight reindeer? Can he make any reindeer fly? I was just asking more questions at that point. I was like, "This is what is happening."
1: No, you're you're right. That um, I wrote that down too. Like, there's this. It's not time travel, but there's like this almost like time travel elements of the Santa. It was like, "Mm, don't need (laughs) it. Uh, the reindeer too. Like you said, well, he can only he can only fly on Christmas. I mean. It, or Christmas Eve. It doesn't really make any sense. It was like, I'd just be like, who's the fucking reindeer is that? <laughs> uh, like, that's not my reindeer. If you brought one of my reindeers from the North Pole, I'd show you something. But, you know, it was weird, right? Like, they introduced this element and I think, honestly, it's because they rented reindeers earlier in the film, right? <laughs> like, let's, let's bring it back because some of the Santa evidence in this remake, which you have, like, what, 50... Um, yeah, almost 50 years to come up with this stuff. It seemed to be, like, weaker evidence than in the original film. I, I did think that it was weird that they went out of their way to uh, defend things that we weren't asking questions about. Maybe they were trying to, like, do that for actual kids. I think the fact that you have a Santa that's real in your movie is probably enough, right? I don't think yeah. you need to, <laughs> exactly. you know, further cement... <laughs> through uh, loose evidence that this is Santa like you know I'm gonna go for the ride with you just you know take take me on it Yeah, it was a little strange you're right
0: yeah I didn't need everything overly explained to me I didn't need to know that there's a tooth fairy and there's the, all these other people so yeah so all the stuff they added I didn't like <laughs> that's basically <laughs> what I'm saying so yeah. like
1: you know all the stuff that they removed I didn't like <laughs> 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 but, but no that's a, just those are good notes uh good things to add that uh we do try to i guess expand on the magic in a way that is a little unnecessary um i think that we lose some of the interaction with susan who in my opinion if you're doing a movie like this the star in the movie is the, the little kid in mm-hmm. santa it's not the the mom and the lawyer <laughs> and so i think that they could have focused a little bit more on those interactions and i think we wouldn't have said that uh, that Ed um, that Edmund Gwynn's actor edges it out because they are doing effectively the same thing, but Gwynn mm-hmm. wins it out because of how much interaction he gets to do mm-hmm. in this film. Um, so yeah, I still agree. Slight edge to the yeah. original, just keeping it simple and simple, yeah. simple worked. Simple
0: works absolutely. I know we said we'd talk about the mom, but maybe we should go to Susan because yeah. we just keep mentioning her. So let's go there. Uh, susan portrayed by Natalie Wood in the original, and Mara Wilson in the remake. okay, little Matilda action little Matilda action, yeah, yeah, go yes. ahead, you kick it off yeah. you're you're good so, at this
1: <laughs> susan i think I think it is good that you introduce this Susan first because the way she's raised <laughs> by her mother, uh, I think it is actually important to kind of start here and then we can back engineer. Her mom's whole deal mm-hmm. <laughs> in both films, but in the original film, Natalie Wood, though she um, she is sort of a serious child in a lot of ways, allows herself to go on uh, on these rides a little bit more. And I think that it's because there's like active sort of encouragement from other people besides her mother, like Laura and stuff like that. So she reads to me as okay, she's a kid that is being taught that. To take life a little bit more seriously but she still finds time to be a kid in a way that um, Mara Wilson does not <laughs> in this remake she's wholly serious at at, at almost all times and it, it's even more of a highlight on sort of I, I hate to say it, but like sort of failing of her mother and, and sort of raising her because I think the mother obviously tried to overcorrect in both films but she definitely overcorrected <laughs> in this remake, because the kid is, like... I mean, like, she's sparring with lawyers and stuff like that about, like, the semantics and details of, like, every little thing. And um, it feels, like, sadder, right? Like, it feels Mm -hmm. like... Oh, man, like, yeah, her her childhood's not very fun, is it? Like, uh, the original... Sure, she's to take things seriously and, you know, don't believe in fairy tales um, because life can really kick you you know especially you know in the middle of a war well just got out of one (laughs) (laughs) in uh in this film so i get it let's 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 keep it serious (laughs) um in this remake you know we're we're not more time i I don't know why these kids have (laughs) like she doesn't have any friends because her parent her mom like done this number on her and in the original yeah the kids are like well you can't play zoo if you're not going to play zoo but it's not like She's got nobody. You know. mm-hmm. It's just different, right? Yeah,
0: I think that's uh, that's you nailed it right there. That's what the big distinction between them is that the Susan in the remake is just more joyless, <laughs> I guess you could say. She doesn't really seem to enjoy anything at all like i remember like there's a scene where he takes her to stand and he's like well i don't even believe in him he's like you can get a candy cane i'm trying to cut down on my sugar intake you know it's funny beats but like damn i feel bad for this kid <laughs> I don't even like candy canes or anything and yeah she's at least in the original you know trying to interact with the kids she doesn't understand because her mom has sheltered her so much to like you can't even use your imagination it's like damn <laughs> all right but you know like we said before, she has that scene where she's playful. She's pretending to be a monkey. You know, she's she's being a kid. You know, yeah. let a kid yeah. be a kid. And uh, maybe she's too serious. And now that she's introduced to Santa, now she's more like a kid. Hey, that's a good that's a good arc. <laughs> let's yeah. let's do that. She doesn't really have that arc in the remake. Her arc is really just I don't believe to I believe. You do really. Right. S- she's still sort of this grumpy sort of sixty four year old lady, as she was described right. by the lawyer. But she doesn't really have anything she likes to do, or and yeah, there's
1: no kids for her to hang out. With. That's that scene is missing, right? The scene of the fun, like uh, mm-hmm. even our intro to Susan, like in the original, like I guess the housekeeper, or whatever, is like, oh yeah, she's over there with that lawyer again, and um, it actually makes in a lot of ways a lot more sense the the way they're hanging out and based on some of the backstories that we learned in the original. But um, in that film, you know, the kids just over there enjoying the parade that's enjoyment right even though she knows like details about the parade and how it works so <laughs> like, yeah it's a better standard than last year she still like very much reads as a kid to your mm-hmm. point like she does not read as an old woman she reads as a kid that just is a bit more jaded than your average kid but like it's a very easy ramp into her pretending to be a monkey um in the living room right in this remake you've got our introduction is you got this, like, pre-recorded video of her mother. I have gone over to uh, the lawyer's apartment for the view, and um, I'll see you over there. It's like... That was, that was weird. Like, it was crazy. Who does that? <laughs> you know, it, it was really strange. And, you know, just, again, because of the carb intake, the video, it almost doesn't read that she would even be sort of helping this lawyer interact with the mom, I guess, other than her desire to want a family, which, again, reads more desperate Uh, the way this film is portrayed, it just felt, like you said, that joyless word, it comes out to me, it just felt kind of like, man, it's a bummer, right? I wish (laughs) this kid could relax a little bit and have some fun. And in this original film, they they let us have that enough that, I don't know, it it felt, (laughs) this is a weird statement, but it felt more like a Christmas movie, you know, Mm -hmm. in the original. This Susan just even when she, towards the end when she gives the judge like a car, a Christmas card. One, it's a weird beat because there's no, was it? There's no foreshadowing of that. Like, in the original film when she hands a letter, it's to Chris, which makes sense because of their relationship and interaction. Uh, she just hands a judge a letter and it's cute, I guess, now because she now is a kid versus before when she was the 64-year-old woman. Like, I don't know, just there, there were these little beats here or there that... uh. These minor little tweaks, but they change a lot about this character, and I, I prefer the innocence and the youth of this original versus this sort of cold, joyless character that we um, that we describe. Which is really hard to do because this is a very likable actress. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought up Matilda; she's yeah. she's great, but not not here. Yeah, I think part of it too is just because
0: we do get fewer scenes with her and santa interacting you know if one of the major plot points of this movie is to have this kid who doesn't believe in santa believe in santa by the end well give me scenes to get us there you know we don't get as many scenes in the remake to get us there like we said the gum and the monkey thing silly scenes but you know this is a kid joy is coming into her life because of this man it's very santa behavior coming from this man who's claiming to be santa doesn't really do that so much with her in the remake because they just don't have those scenes and that's you know it's not her fault it's just um the way they put together the movie and uh unfortunately it's just not as good as the original i'm just just flat out saying it
1: yeah i mean you're right that this is the second time that we're bringing up that like script choices or like or hindering these performances Mm -hmm. i mean for instance, there's a scene where Santa is talking Santa uh, Adam Edinburgh <laughs> is talking to the uh the reindeer, like maybe put a kid in that scene, you know yeah um, <laughs> may- maybe they should go sledding one day, you know, like give me like two like you said, two little scenes, right, two little scenes, and I think we're not having this conversation, mm-hmm. but uh they're not there, and instead of showing the joy of Christmas through like acts we're getting litigation about Christmas. I mean, kind of throughout the entire film. It's like the, the shift in the original film from fun to law, there, there's a, there's a line there. There's a delineation. Like they, you know, it's the same film, but it feels like we've progressed to another aspect of this film. It, you know, I could always imagine a legal outcome (laughs) uh, based on the characters that I'm seeing in this film and sort of, uh, something that we'll talk to sort of why um this santa is important to this department store uh, something we will get to eventually
0: so i got really nothing else to add so again just edge to natalie wood in the original yeah Just had more to do mara wilson did fine with the the grumpiness but i just wish that child had a little more joy i wish she had a few more scenes with santa so natalie wood susan And plus, right. an, a, one little tiny distinction. Well, I keep fucking doing this. Let's move on. No, wait, I have one more thing. <laughs> just like a fucking lawyer, right? <laughs> just in the original film, I think they call her Susie a lot. I don't think they call her Susie at all in the remake. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe in the end. But I just, that's a small difference because Susan's just much more mature, more adult thinking. Susie, a little more playful, a little more childish. So I just, just a little thing. little yeah. difference there.
1: Major difference. I mean, uh, little but major. Um, the fact that we can sort of, I guess, infantilize the kid, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that. there's no room for that in this remake, not for this kid. So, yeah, I would say that Natalie Wood ekes out, when you're in the category of cute kid, the fact they let you be a cute kid, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she wins. It's a solid performance by Mara Wilson, but, you know, it's not the Christmas performance that I wanted.
0: All right, so now I think we're okay to move on. <laughs> now we can backtrack a little bit to the mom. Mm-hmm. We have a slight name change here too, and yeah, just it's very slight. So we have Maureen O'Hara, who played Doris Walker in the original, and then Elizabeth Perkins as Dory Walker in the remake.
1: Did you? Uh, you're good. You're always good at okay. starting these things uh, off. So, Maureen O'Hara, we, you know. We get introduced to her, but like, you know, I feel like the stakes aren't necessarily very high, right? Like when, when we meet her, uh, you know, Edmund Gwynn's kind of running around. Who's in charge of this parade? This 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 man is a drunkard, you know, it's a disgrace, a degenerate. And, you know, there's, there's kind of a question mark as to who's in charge, right? And then eventually you come to this random woman who we've not been introduced to. And it's like, yeah, that's Miss Walker. She's in charge. It's like, all right, bet. Cool. Here's... <laughs> Here's the character. Elizabeth Perkins, it's very apparent that she's in charge. She uh, she kind of runs things a lot like her daughter, very analytical and with an iron fist. So this intro, though, it's more or less the same intro because we're introduced to more of the corporate interests at mm. play for this character, how important this parade is because the uh, department store could be acquired <laughs> if things like this parade don't go well and stuff like that. So like we're already introduced to her career purpose and stuff like that, that in a way we get more eased into in that original film. It's like, here's Miss Walker. Hey, this parade's going well. And then over time we learn about her kid. We learn about her career. It's just right there all out very early in this remake scene. And I think it, it sets the stage for where we go from there. Um, specifically about, in my opinion, about, uh, the corporate interests at play in this film that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I just want to make a distinction because of like the time when each film was shot. So 1947, like both movies, Mrs. Walker, she's called Mrs. Walker, but she's divorced. You know, from 1947 to have one of our stars be a divorced woman—that's pretty know. progressive. <laughs> gotta say also it is a woman in charge too like she's got a pretty high position and where she works so again just 1947 she's like damn this is very progressive like she wasn't a secretary you know Mm -hmm. she wasn't a school teacher um there weren't any real instances where i could think her gender kind of held her back which you think 40s for sure, right? Like, we're, the boys came back from the war, right? So the women can go back to the kitchen or whatever happened back then. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, just kudos to the 47 film for just being incredibly progressive and having a divorced woman, just being a woman of, you know, power no merit. Mean. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, you know, just very good there. A um, lot of points. One thing that I like the original did was when... um, when she finds Susie across the hall at the lawyers and then she sees like, you know, her watching the parade and she's like, and then she explains to him like, look, I kind of raised her this way where I don't want her to like, believe, you know, use her imagination too much. I don't want her thinking this, this, and this. And that's laid out pretty early in the film. Yeah. The remake doesn't do it like that. When she goes to see her daughter in the lawyer's apartment, you know, she seems fine. She's like, oh, look, there's Santa. we're Santa? We got a good Santa. Like, she's like, she seems like happy like oh let's see check out the santa and then it's only after he takes Susie to see santa that she finally is like okay look this is how i raised her and you can't do this this and this i know it's a small difference but i think it was better to introduce that early in the film because you set the rules so now i know where we are and i know where we can go i didn't like how the remake introduced it a later so it's like oh so because i thought we were here but now we're really here so it's it just it was was a little messier how they yeah. did it in the remake
1: I, I think it was messier that uh you know you one I agree with you completely like when when the the father was gone, I was like, oh, I'm sure there's gonna be some nineteen forties reason why he's not there nope divorce <laughs> thought he was a good guy didn't, turns out he wasn't I was like oh okay, yeah wow. you could, you easily could have said he
0: died or something in the war yeah, even yeah. right perfect, but no let's let's stick with the divorced woman very yeah.
1: very progressive. And, and honestly, like uh a better backstory than what we get in this remake, which is shocking that uh I mean look we're jumping in, we're talking about the character like you mentioned it it happens later in the film and and actually it's introduced, I believe well, no, no, I was going to say it's introduced by the kid, but I think she she no, does it's, still it's
0: introduced by the the lawyer tells us her background with the the divorce. that's right, that's right,
1: yeah. Okay, so, you know, in this in this original film, like, she introduces her own sort of backstory, right? It's like, hey, this is what happened. Like you mentioned, um, I, I basically try to tell her that, you know, Prince Charming may not be all he's built out to be, and here's why, because I'm divorced, and reasons, right? In, in the remake, it's like, the lawyer's like, well, I don't know a lot about Miss Walker either, even though I want to marry her. Um, just some things that I've gathered here or there, and it's like all right the dad's a drunk and then he just kind of disappeared and like is he coming back like you know again it, it opens this field of like is that part of this is that going to come back in any way mm-hmm. or or can we ignore it like again because it's such a litigious movie it's like it, was there an annulment or <laughs> there a div- you know like yeah I again don't know. It's,
0: it's just trying i feel like like the santa over explaining things like what Howard Santa could do things again, we're just kind of over explaining the divorce. It's like, we, we didn't need that. Again, yeah. just say the divorce. It's good yeah. enough for me. Because, like, they don't mention that till very late in the remake. And he I ends- thought, oh, maybe he did die in this movie. But no, it's, it comes out later. Oh, no, you know he was a drunk and he left her when, and when she was pregnant. It's like, oh, why, you, why are you telling me this now?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, we're, like, more than halfway through the movie. I don't, I don't get it.
1: Yeah. I mean,. There's a lot of there's a lot of over-explaining. I do want to come back to that, to the over-explaining. But uh, that scene, the, uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? We get introduced to a lot of things in this original film that are clean, right? You know, all right, I came home. She works a lot, right? So she doesn't watch her kids as much as you would kind of, like you mentioned, expect like a housewife or something to do. She has prestige at her career. She's like head of the marketing department. That's pretty impressive. This guy is like angling... To get with her but it's it's kind it's cuter because like the kid is like did i ask the question right and he's like <laughs> oh boy you know like, <laughs> like it's clear that the guy's interested in her but it's not like this over-the-top thing that we see in a remake where like it's really obvious that there's a thing with them um they interact in a way as if they dated before and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i thought that, that was a bit of a misstep um Uh, especially considering, like you mentioned, the way we find out about her past uh, so late in the film. Just a weird misstep. Um, And then I I think that it was a misstep of overcomplicating things. Whereas in the original, look, I picked the Santa. Wow, the Santa's popular. I guess people like Santa, right? Just this Macy's (laughs) storyline. We're at Macy's, the Santa's doing great. And, uh, you know, we have interest to take credit for that, right? In this remake... Alright, the Coles is being acquired, but it did not get acquired because the bank gave the Coles a loan, so this Christmas season is really important because if we sell out of our stuff, then we, you know, we'll be able to pay the interest on the loan, and that's good, so that evil other corporation that's there, like, kind of like the, uh, what's his name, the Dr. Claw from, like, fucking Inspector Gadget, he just shows <laughs> up like... Like yeah, we'll
0: we'll get minutes. to that. I want to talk about that, but I, I'm saving all uh, uh, all uh, that. Yeah,
1: we'll t- we'll talk about that. But like, it's so convoluted, and I'm not gonna lie to you, man. What really turned me off to this uh, this remake, Mom, not just the the way that you know she raised her kid, which you know I get it, she had a rough time with her husband. I could see how how this happened, but the way they treated you know the nice, lawyerly guy. I mean, geez, <laughs> the guy. He gets down on one knee, you know, he's gonna. It's just, it's such. For a Christmas movie, again, let's take this into context. I'll take the overbearing kid and the the mom and all that stuff in another film. We're in Christmas movie time. Don't give me the middle of the movie engagement and be like, well, why? What? What made you think I'd want to marry you? I don't know, you're in a Christmas movie? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, you're a fool. And just gone, right? She's out of the movie for a significant amount of time after, like, rebuffing the lawyer. And it, and it, it I'm not going to lie to you, it kind of pissed me off. <laughs> I, I, I was not a fan of, uh, of the way she conducted herself in that um, proposal. And I just, I'm like, why are they doing this to this mom? Like, why are they making her so unlikable?
0: <laughs> I want to get into it, but I, I don't, I want to talk about the lawyer before I really uh, dive deep into that okay. relationship that they have. Is there anything else about the mom in either film that kind of stood out?
1: No, I mean, uh, to your point, just going there with the mom in the original was a bold choice that paid off. Again, I don't know how audiences at the time took to that character. I don't know if that was controversial at all, but like, in a lot of ways, watching that movie felt like watching a movie that I could watch today. Like, There, mm-hmm. there weren't these weird question marks about gender and relationships and stuff like that. It's just like, I work a lot. Here's my kid. I don't want my kid believing in silly shit because, uh, you know, I tried that. It didn't work. Didn't work for me. Versus this other film where, like, it, it's over the top, right? Like, it's the same spirit, I guess. That, like, I had a rough relationship. and I don't want my kid to believe in goofy stuff. But like, she dialed it up to 11, man. It, it was just too much. Um, so, I, I would say, uh, for me, again, a slight nod. It's not even slight. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. to the original. Yep, I'm in the same boat. I do want to get
0: into that relationship, so let's move on to our lawyer character, who was renamed for reasons. Okay, so we have John Payne. Payne, ah. So we have John Payne as Fred Gailey in the original, and Dylan McDermott as Brian Bedford. I don't know why he changed his name. It doesn't make sense to me. I guess alliteration's cool. I don't know why he couldn't be Fred Gailey in the remake. So that that was a weird change, yeah. It's different. Uh, these are they start at different places, right? In the original, Fred Gailey hasn't even met the mother yet, right? It's just she's just like she introduces herself. Hello, uh, I'm the mother that lives across the street. I haven't met you yet. I believe my daughter's here, so they're meeting for the first time. So we're able to track their whole the whole journey of their relationship. Mm-hmm. The remake, like you said. They sort of have a history. Maybe they were dating. Maybe they weren't dating. Maybe he's pursued her before and she's turned him down. We don't know. Oddly enough, that's the one thing that the movie doesn't overexplain—is their backstory. a movie that overexplains, of many things, we don't really get uh, a definite answer as to like, where exactly are they with that relationship. So, like, when he proposes and she says, no, maybe you're misunderstanding where our relationship is. It's like, well, I don't know either because you never fucking right. told me, man. Right. <laughs> so I could see why he was confused because I was confused, too.
1: I was certainly confused. Yeah, there was just, again, legibility is this word that's jumping out at me. It was hard to read this. Like, now that you're kind of describing it, and it's true, like, they met on Thanksgiving and by, like, Christmas uh, in this original film. They're a thing. But, you know, honestly given the time frame like 1940s, yeah, I could kind of see that like a uh, weird, you know, love at first sight type of scenario. In a lot of ways it it would be a good thing for her to be married uh given the year. Um so, you know, they they thread that needle really cleanly even though the timeline is so short. Like you mentioned it was the remake, I I I don't know where they are in the relationship. Clearly they're far enough along that he thought it would make sense to uh Get engaged, and there's not any indication. I would say Fred Daly to me reads as the more kind of like, how do you put it? In that original film, everyone's kind of innocent, right? Like Fred Daly should not be trying to help Santa when he does, and there's reasons why he shouldn't that are outlined and you know make sense even today. Like your firm's gonna think it's crazy for you to take on this case. I don't really recall that being a plot point in the remake, and. There was no indication that bedford was a silly man or you know you know not a serious person so it just felt strange that you know she would call him a fool and all this other stuff because there was no indication that he was overreaching here you know um other than her saying well you know i don't that's a no for me dog you know uh, <laughs> uh, other than that like and in, in, again that legibility made me not like this character because i'm like you know the guy's putting himself out there he's I'm not saying she owes him anything but i think she owes him more than you're you're an idiot you know like kind of explain i'm not there yet i'm not ready for this type of relationship like that it to me feels better than what we got which is just like she took like the, the shiv and just twisted twisted it i thought it was really strange
0: yeah I'll get to their relationship because I got stuff to say about that. But I I do (laughs) want to just talk about the portrayal of the lawyer a little Mm. bit. I think Fred Gailey seemed more to believe that this Chris Kringle guy was Santa. I I just bought into that more. You just seemed more on his side, like right away, like oh yeah, that that guy. I think that guy is Santa. (laughs) Like one thing he does is he lets him stay with him in a pretty funny scene uh, that we don't have in the remake because originally in the original he was gonna stay with the general manager and his wife and he had to get her his wife drunk in order for her to agree to it and a pretty funny scene and you know it's always risque having drunk people in a christmas movie i enjoyed that i think that one might have been for the adults um so yeah he totally buys into it and uh he's like yeah you're gonna stay with me uh we're gonna get this whole thing sorted out and then he's you know he not only does he believe in him, but he's sort of using him too to kind of get closer to the family as well. Sure. But I never really get that so much for Brian Bedford. I mean, he's really nice to this Chris Kringle character, but he never really stepped up in any way to sort of really show his support uh, that he believes that this guy is Santa. You know, he, he does take Susie there, and that's all he really does. He's really nice to him, he talks to him a lot. There's a lot of interactions with him and Santa, but he doesn't it's just more of him like complaining about his life than really helping him prove that he is Santa. The the main focus of this movie is is this man Santa Claus. You have you know, you got people on both sides. I don't believe this guy is Santa, I believe this guy is Santa. So I definitely believe that Fred Gailey is one of those. I believe this guy is Santa. Right. Brian Bradford, a little more grey for me. I wasn't sure. He seems like a good guy, but I never was Fully bought in that he thought this guy was Santa.
1: I, I 100% agree. Like, Fred Gailey, like, literally was like, no, nah, you know what? I believe him. Like, and when he said that, it was like, okay, this guy is fighting from from that level of like, I, hey, man, I, I believe you. I'm going to try to convince him that you're telling the truth. Bedford felt like he was like, you know, you're a nice guy. I don't want you, I don't want, you know, you getting committed. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do to get you out of this trial. It wasn't like, You're Santa, and I'm going to prove it. It was like, hey, buddy, look, uh, you got some good years left. Let's try to keep them out of Bellevue, basically. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it it just, it is strange, right? Like, the original film is not necessarily concerned about you believing uh, in Santa or not, right? It's just going to be like, oh, no, this is Santa. This remake just, it shies away from that while simultaneously trying to say that he is, like, you got to pick one, right? Like, are, are is this Santa? And if the answer is yes, then okay, we got ourselves a Christmas movie, right? If the answer is no, then we have some other film. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure why you would even take these characters and put them in this film. Like, there's a different way to do a Santa movie without Santa and get this result. But, like, mm-hmm. you have Santa. Yeah. So where, where are we going with this? Yeah, McDermott felt to me like the more capable lawyer. Yeah, but I don't think that really mattered. Now, th- no. did it? You know,
0: it's because it's not. It's not about that. <laughs> it's yeah. not about which lawyer is capable. That's yeah. not the name of the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Santa lawyer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Dylan McDermott, who I think is you know arguably probably one one of the few reasons that this film even kind of works. It, um, yeah, it just they, what are we doing from here, you know, as a lawyer? Like, uh, Fred Gailey, certainly, you know, from a lot of angles, from the relationship with the mom, the relationship with the daughter, uh, the relationship with Chris, like those three things, that, that pillar works really, really well. Um, and McDermott kind of has a relationship with the daughter, not that great of a relationship with the mom, lukewarmish, you know. Like I said, he's more like, "Hey, Chris, is what's here's my problems? Like you mentioned, here are my problems, and it's like, all right, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know, it just it felt felt strange. Like his his wanting to defend Chris felt like it came out of nowhere too, because of how little they interacted.
0: Yeah, well, that's another big difference between the two films. Uh, Chris Kringle's in Bellevue. Fred Galey goes to him with, uh, you know, nobody kind of tells him to go there. Fred Gailey goes there because, oh, this, you, this is wrong. You should not be here, Chris. I got to get you out of here. I will do whatever I need to to get you out of here. In the remake, be- Brian Bedford doesn't make that decision. He gets a call from Dory Walker. She's like, can you please do this? Do this for me? I guess, <laughs> you know, it's so, again, just more evident that fred gailey really bought into i this guy santa i gotta help this guy i will go nobody needs to tell me to help this man as brian bedford he had to get the phone call before he did anything to help chris kringle out
1: yeah it's a it's a big difference and i think that the reason that they had to make well they didn't actually it would have worked better if they didn't make the phone call but uh i think part of the reason they had to make the phone call is because you had that proposal scene yeah you know yeah, we got this like,
0: We got this romance, and uh, I'm going there now. I am ready to go is. into this romance. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start with the original. So we got Fred Gailey, like we said. He's trying to get to know Doris Walker. He doesn't really know her. He is using the daughter as an introduction. He's like... You know, I guess I could have Thanksgiving alone. I, I think I can make a sandwich or something. Ah, oh, Don said, yes, did we do, did I do it right? Yeah, oh, you did great, kid. You know, he's got a great rapport with the kid. And he's uh, he he's did it. His plan worked. He's, he's in Reggie. He's yeah. uh, slowly working to just get close with Doris. But you know what? We don't really focus on that. Because that's not what movie this is, Reggie. This is about, is this guy Santa or isn't he? So while it's sprinkled throughout the film, this kind of like back and forth, between Doris and Fred, you know, it's not the main focus. I feel like the remake was like, let's make that the focus. <laughs> because that's what kids want in their Christmas movie. They want two adults finding love for reasons. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think if you're a kid <laughs> and you're watching a Christmas movie, and you want to see Santa. You don't want to see these two adults who may or may not get together I mean, yeah, he's he's nice enough, and she just keeps turning him down for reasons because she got hurt in the past and doesn't right. want to get hurt or some. I don't know. I, it wasn't that interesting, but it's just like we felt, we spent a lot of time yeah. with with Dory and Brad, Brian. <laughs> with Dory and Brian, we spent a lot of time with them. I mean, there's that whole scene where they go on the date, which is not in the original at all, and we spend a lot of time. got a lot of christmas music montage watching these two connect in various spots in new york city and then like you said she turns him down and then it's like oh damn it and then we have the whole trial and you know we don't see you know you said the star was the little girl we don't see her anymore after that proposal goes sour because we're just focusing in on the adults at this point right the movie you said that like the sort of the legal stuff is sort of sprinkled out throughout the remake, but the movie takes like a hard turn as soon as that proposal is, is just shot down because it completely takes on a completely different tone. We focus yeah. on completely different characters for the latter half of the movie, and it's just like what what, what happened? Where's my Christmas movie? Where's, where's the little girl who needs to be convinced that this man is Santa Claus? So we spend so much time on these adult characters and the relationship, which is just ultimately meh at the end of the day and then at the end she kind of shotgun wedding marries him and it's just like wait you said no before but now you're gonna marry him because santa happened so the foundation of your relationship is the santa guy what is what kind of relationship is this i i don't know i i was not a fan
1: no I, i was not a fan either in um Honestly, because of how jarring that proposal scene is, because when they first go on a date, right, like she seems to be kind of excited about this date there. You know, I'm going to find a, a uh, was a sitter it ends up being Chris, which, again, dropped opportunity here to have right. a Chris, Susie, something so almost. much, so much you, they could spend with the two of them together. But I, instead, I would, we spend time with the adults, bro, bro. Like I'm telling you, I should write scripts. You know what I would do while they were gone? she would have decorated the entire house, right? And it would have had all this Christmas stuff, and the mom would have been like, oh. But like, they would have had fun doing it, right? The problem is you can't really make that scene because you're about to have this, like, this seemingly nice date end in complete disaster. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, like, at a certain point, because, you know, uh, McDermott says this, Dylan McDermott says this, uh, his Bedford character, but, look, I've been nothing but nice to you. I, you know, I going out of my way to, to with your kid. I really like you. You know, I, I think this is going somewhere, and you know, he's laying out. It's like you're, I'm giving you a lot, and you're giving me nothing. Like she's, she's literally giving this guy no reason to stick around be in her life, and um, somehow that just gets resolved, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. It, f- it felt like that didn't, that doesn't read properly to me. Like that was a yeah. pretty brutal. Rejection. I mean, the line about him being a fool to me was like, that's a lot, especially considering this guy is a lawyer, um, that he's going to end up defending your friend. It, it just didn't it didn't sit right with me. And, you know, I'm looking at this Dory Walker character who just it just plummets for me like Dory Miss Walker in the original film is an awesome character. She's you know, she may be super serious, but like there's room for, for joy in her life. This Walker, I mean, between her kid and this lawyer and the way she interacts with Chris, I'm like, this lady kind of (laughs) sucks. You know? And that's extended now to my lawyer character, which means I no longer care how their relationship ends. It doesn't matter to me if they get together or not because I'm not very excited about Mrs. Walker and this remake. So it's just a complete misstep here. Yeah.
0: I'll defend her decision a little bit. I mean, she does say, what have I done to make you think that this is where i wanted to go it's like yeah she hasn't done anything so why did you propose that's it that is reaching you know yeah. i don't know about you reggie when you proposed, but i definitely had a lot of conversations <laughs> about getting married yeah. and like we're gonna get married right so i'm not gonna just you know shock you with this ring in the middle of christmas like some movie or something yeah, uh, like <laughs> so you know it, it was like a bit of a bonehead move on his part i guess she was kind of leading him on too but i, I think they're both kind of flawed in that That's sense. I won't, I won't put all the, you know, I won't put the, all the onus on her. He, he was kind of stupid in that aspect, too. That's fair. But then it's like, it the way it's resolved at the end, is just like, now we're getting married because we both met at this church. No. I, I, it's completely weak. Like, her whole, like, argument, like, about like, well, I don't want to do this. It's like, well, where'd that woman go? Who's yeah. this woman now? It's like, I don't understand. I didn't really care for their relationship. It, it just... I, I, in general, like I don't want this relationship. I want to focus on Christmas. I want to know if this man's Santa. What are we doing, <laughs> focusing yeah. on these
1: two characters so much? In my opinion, there was not an on-screen arc that made sense for that resolution. You know, even I don't know. Just the original. It's just so much easier to follow. Yeah. The plot, and I, like I said, I like McDermott's uh, performance. I think he actually in my opinion, maybe the strongest actor in this film in terms of what he's able to do, but, you know, it's just a little undermined. And like you mentioned, it ultimately is a Christmas movie. Like I'll take the small tea, you know, they get together thing, but you gotta, you gotta up the Santa, up the candy, you know, <laughs> give me more trees and skating in central park, you know, like you gotta give me more of that before we dive into this relationship and uh, that doesn't happen and i think it's because of some of our, our side distractions that happen in this uh this remake yeah
0: so i'll just give points to Galey, john john Payne's portrayal um yeah you know, it's just just cleaner it's just yeah. well, we didn't focus on it thank you because i didn't want to focus on his relationship with the mom i thought it'd be nice if they got together and they eventually do you know they don't get married uh like right away they're just not even engaged like all right we'll live together maybe we'll buy this house yeah. And then, as opposed to the other one, it's like, okay, now we're married, we're buying a house, and you're pregnant. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> that happened lot. really fast. I don't...
1: It was, it was too much. Five minutes of screen time, man. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it was it, crazy. It was,
0: like, I get it. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. Is it? Because, I don't know, man. I, I feel like somebody had to do something against their will for this to happen this fast. I don't know. Yeah, seriously. So, uh,
1: yeah. And uh-huh. who, who's that? Who's it for? Like... Right. Who's that re- resolution for? Is it for the the kids? Because like that's a pretty like adult joke, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like hey, these guys bang Christmas Eve, and you know the next day they're married and uh, she's pregnant. It's like, geez, bro, <laughs> one and done, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm sitting there. And it's like I don't think a kid necessarily cares about that, right? Or maybe the film works better if you do. One year later it's like, okay, they're in the house and then the next year a letter from Santa again, I don't know why I'm writing scripts for people, but a letter from Santa comes in. I uh, hope you enjoy the whatever. And like there's the the baby brother. Like I don't know. Like
0: Or or it, you just don't have her want a baby brother.
1: Yeah. Just just true. the
0: house and family. That's it. It's good enough. A dog. I want a dog. <laughs> there you go. That would've been good enough.
1: <laughs> we don't need the brother. That's that's true. And then the other side of it is uh in this remake, we don't we don't see Chris again. Yeah, we, we, we well don't we don't see, see him. In, we don't see well, him they, in, the re- in either film, at that point. I thought That's... they uh, don't. No, they see him at the uh, the old folks because Mister Macy's right. says you you must really be saying because he got that X ray machine or something like. Oh, that. Oh, you
0: mean so like right after the trial, they don't see him again. In the yeah, yeah sorry. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, yeah,
1: yeah. But like you know, in again, like not that he's prominently seen in the in the original assets but like after a trial we really don't see chris again in in the remake and again i think i think it's kind of important i think it's kind of you know that not to get into the ending too much but like the cane uh, in the house i think that's kind of it's a major deal uh, <laughs> in my opinion you know this is just not i think what we're getting at is that there's not a lot of focus on santa in the christmas movie mm-hmm. and that's that's a strange choice
0: I'm going to back up a little bit. I, I'm, I'm, I can't get over this brother thing. Um, so like the brother thing might make a little more sense if she seemed like a lonely kid who couldn't really get along with other kids or just sure. or was just like awkward around other kids. But like the fact that she doesn't really show any signs of wanting to be social <laughs> around other kids that she kind of enjoys being a loner. The brother thing, again, is just, it's totally unnecessary. And yeah, who is that joke for? Because it's like, all right, uh, I don't know. So yeah, I didn't like the brother thing. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, that was a dumb thing.
1: I, yeah, I I thought that it was an over overreach, and um, again, with the base material of the the story, there, it is a unnecessary inclusion considering we're not going to see said brother. So now, I guess the adult version of me has to consider like, all right, what happened after this uh <laughs> this shotgun wedding? You know, like. I don't want to think about that. I want to think about Christmas. <laughs> you know, <all> right. Seriously.
0: <laughs> Alright, so that's pretty much it for our main characters. Um, there are some other differences. I did want to touch upon one little difference um, when it comes to branding and merchandising, Reggie. So, in mm. our original film, it's the company that Doris works for is Macy's. And in the remake... It is Kohl's, which is not a, not K-O-H-L-S right. that we know. It. It's C-O-L-E-S. It's not a real store. It's totally made up for this film. Um, just wanted to say that because the original Macy's and Mr. Macy himself is in there, so is Mr. Gimble, all those big shots uh, are actually in the film. And uh, I actually texted you, like, just drink every time they say macy's (laughs) um so i just want to make that little distinction uh macy's was asked to be um the store in the remake but they declined (laughs) saying the original is good enough (laughs) we don't want to ruin it and so do your own thing so they did their own thing and i think that's why they sort of included this rivalry with this other store Mm -hmm. which should we go there now yeah let's go there all right so we have a totally new subplot in this remake. And that is shoppers express, the evil, (laughs) the evil department store right Mm -hmm. across the street. Mm -hmm. I'll just throw out some of the actors that we have here. So our, our top evil guy is Joss Ackland and he's uncredited in this film too, but uh, he is Victor Landberg. And then he has two sort of lackeys, uh, James Mars, Jack Duff, and Jane leaves as Alberta Leonard. So we have this de- evil department store that wants to see Coles go down. As you mentioned, the stakes are higher <laughs> in this remake because if Coles doesn't have good sales this holiday, then they're going to get bought out by the Speedway Express so, or Shop. I keep thinking keep. I'm going to keep saying Speedway for some reason. I keep saying Speedway. I guess, bro. <laughs> so it's Shopper's Express is going to buy out. Uh, calls So not only does Santa have to prove he's real, but he has to save this department store. Yeah. Did so, you want to start?
1: I want to start one... This is muddy, right? Like just the, the introduction to uh to Joss Ackland's character. The introduction to his character is so fucking, like... <laughs> like,
0: this guy's clearly the villain. He's, he's like, pretty much in the dark. <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's really dark. Very, like, one color, like, gray. He's just grumpy. Yep. Got the fucking music playing. It's like, this yep. guy's a villain. You get it? The only thing missing
1: was the mustache tutorial. That's it. I was 100% there. Like, I was watching, I was like, this is some mustache pulling <laughs> nonsense. And... I don't understand why why we need that, like, at all. I don't think the story requires this much friction and resistance, right? Just having the sales be better at Kohl's is enough. Just like in the original movie, like, Santa has been a boon to this business. Like, we've got this character that's supposed to be, like, trying to undermine them. He immediately recognizes that this random santa is a threat to his acquisition plan and he sends out his little like 90s movie goons this is the most 90 choice that i've ever seen in a film which is well they gotta know what the problem is it's like no they <laughs> were we really this dumb in the 90s i'm, I'm trying to recall i guess i we guess so. A little bit, yeah, yeah yeah it's true <laughs> everything was to the extreme and maximized and stuff like that and if the clocks went to two thousand, we weren't going to know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get why he's, because he's not in the movie enough, and there's not enough like active sabotage. Like, it just, right. You know, okay, you're going to undermine Chris Kringle, right? But that's somehow going to boomerang back on Macy's that because this Chris is so popular, it happens to have offset the fact that they're failing you know it just it, it was more than we needed is basically what i'm saying
0: yeah you're absolutely right i think the inclusion of this department store was just to give us a bad guy because in the original film it's not really a bad guy there's that guy who's sort of pretending to be a psychiatrist uh sawyer. dr sawyer yeah. yeah so he's sort of a bad guy and but he's not really a strong villain because he's kind of a kind of a pathetic villain <laughs> he's kind of, yeah. and a very wimpy and everything So, I think, you know, 90s mentality. We need a clear bad guy here, right? We had home alone. We had Arya Marv. We got to have somebody here. Right. So, we introduce this Victor Landberg character. And, like I said, he's uncredited because he pretty much doesn't really do anything. (laughs) Like you said, he's... So, he is introduced. Obviously, he's our bad guy. Yeah. What do they do really to sabotage him? They get the old drunk Santa to antagonize him. That's... That's that's your master plan. <laughs> that's your master plan just to to overtake this other corporation, just get this drunk guy to to egg on this other old guy. It, it was pretty weak, but I think they did that because if you think about the plot of the original, let's have a trial. I'm sorry, let's have a hearing. <laughs> Help mm-hmm. us out, lawyer friends. Let's have a <laughs> hearing to see if this guy should be um, you know, in this mental institution. That's Is that something that happens like i'm not aware of that we need these legal procedures for somebody to be locked away so i feel like by introducing a bad guy it's like well the bad guys are funding or they're sort of you know they're behind the prosecution for this guy to be locked away so they have something to gain if this guy's locked away we in the original it's like why is this happening yeah. why is this trial happening exactly it's it's weak and i just kind of accepted it because i was like maybe this is how it happened in the 40s but like having a okay. trial over somebody being locked away just seemed weird to me
1: yeah no i think you could get shuttered island all day in the 40s i mean for <laughs> i mean some random department store like psychologist like this guy should be locked away next thing you know you're locked away that's ooh, yeah scary <laughs> <laughs> So, I, no, I get, I get your point that translating that story directly to the 90s doesn't necessarily work. But even the way they tried to translate it here didn't really work because... Oh, I yeah, I didn't say took... it was good. I'm just saying. I'm just, that's, <laughs> why, I, I, that's,
0: that's why I think they did it. I, it could have absolutely done a lot better, but...
1: Right, right. I just... Um, they skipped so many steps to get there. I don't know. For whatever reason, and this is a complete aside... Those characters felt to me like characters from, like, Hudson Hawk, which is not a great <laughs> a great movie. Um, but, like, these, these two random bad guys doing random evil, they know where the guy goes to the bar. They take photos of him as he's being assaulted. They, again, because it's supposed to be a Christmas movie, some of, like, the things that the, uh, the drunk Santa is saying to Santa Claus, it's just like bro that, that's yeah a, that's a lot
0: yeah that's like come on this is a kids movie he's like whoa yeah. <laughs> calling him a pedophile pretty much is like that, damn for a christmas but, movie yeah
1: you know they're getting coal in their stocking man like <laughs> just, just and so are the writers um <laughs> yeah i just thought that it was like it was too dark and for not enough payoff for it to go there right and even like when the plan was thwarted like the guy was like i guess this going to come back on me. It's like, is it (laughs) (laughs) like you've got 800 locations or whatever it is. Like shoppers express will be fine. You just won't (laughs) own a failing business. Like who cares? But like, let them fail and then buy them later. Like what (laughs) is this? The last attempt at at, uh, buying the Coles. It's just so weird. Right? Like when I was watching the original movie, I was thinking I was not expecting this movie to be so for a movie that's about like anti- corporate corporatism and stuff like that it's a very corporate movie oh, yeah. <laughs> you know they're like oh the evils of capitalism go to macy's <laughs> 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 like that that's the movie is a macy's commercial yes but <laughs> somehow like uh the way they did it i'm like this is you know this is a heart-wrenching christmas tale um that happens to be about a major department store that still exists <laughs> now in this movie i've got a major department store that doesn't exist and somehow it feels more corporatist to me, and I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> and I think it was because they introduced this, this bad guy character of like the evil global tech type guy, and it's just like it, it doesn't work. He's not in the movie enough, and he doesn't do enough to justify adding this character. It's a it's a weak weak plot point.
0: Yeah, it's a weak plot point, and it's like just the idea that's we need Santa to save this corporation. I don't feel very Christmassy at all. Like it's like, right? Yeah, well, give me that Santa that like is against like this consumerism stuff. Like I want that guy back instead of the one that's like oh, I'm gonna work here instead of working for you. Why? I don't know.
1: Okay, <laughs> he signed a contract, man. He signed a contract, and Santa is is obligated. <laughs> Um, But I I like the
0: original, I mean, obviously it's, it's a great commercials for Macy's and Gimbles back in the day, but I just like the idea that um, Santa like was, you know, sending people away to other department stores. So other department stores started doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? So they became less selfish for selfish reasons. So cool. it's kind of good, but at the end of the day, they're doing it because they're going to make more money, but they're still doing something nice and not necessarily greedy, even though it's sort of greedy at the same time. Right. It's, it's,
1: it's not clean, for sure, no. but I like it
0: better than what the remake did.
1: I, I did like it better. You know, there, Typically, if I watch a film like this that was based so heavily on something that sort of corporate, I would hate it. Mm-hmm. They, they thread the needle on this one like I, I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, again, you know, maybe because I'm not the direct target audience, like it's not 1947, and I don't feel like Macy's got one over on me because this <laughs> movie exists. Um, and you know, again, it' just it feels strange to me, like you mentioned, though it's not clean. It does feel like it's in the spirit,
0: yes, at least Christmas. at least, right instead you know. of just saving one corporation, which is like why would Santa even give a shit about that? It's like right, right Santa Santa would sort of spread this sort of feeling of like just giving like let's just all be good to each other, like right? it's not about the money, like it's about like helping these people find the best deals and to just do that so i just so very commercial when i say it out loud but you know <laughs> he's trying to help people there is a man who is trying to help people instead right. like the remake does this thing where it's like this man's sort of trying to save a corporation but he's not really in it to save the corporation but there is that subplot where we have to save this thing
1: so it was... corporations okay because my friends work for this one but the other one they're too big and good at what they do so yeah. Through that.
0: I, I damn them for taking advantage of this capitalism system that we have. Here. Yeah, but it's also yeah. funny in the original. Just watching like Mr. Macy and Mr. Gimble kind of like try to like outdo good deeds yeah. to each other. It's like well, I, I'll pay for this. Well, you didn't cover this uh, portion of it, so I'll pay for that. No, I'm going to pay for that. So you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's, some, there's, they have some fun with it in that original yeah. film.
1: And also, I mean, look, it's the Macy's Day Parade. Let's talk about that, too. Yeah, like, there you go. That, that's a very specific parade, and uh, the fake Coles parade is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, you can still go down go down there. Uh, that Macy's is still there in New York, you know? Like, there's history to it. There's, uh, there's Yes, it's capitalism, but, <laughs> 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 but uh, I don't know. They, they just had a more convincing Santa tale. And I didn't, I didn't feel like the inclusion of this Shoppers Express storyline added anything, and in fact, it was a huge distraction that I didn't very much care for.
0: Yeah, and then you got Santa in the remake being on like Good Morning America, telling people to come to court. It's like
1: what, what? This is yeah. uh,
0: Santa wouldn't do that. Get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> eggnog, <They're dead, laughs> but <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> <gonna make it. laughs> uh, yeah, but. That's one plot point. I think um, we may be getting to the point where we talk about the differences in in the ending. Yeah. Yeah. We can go there. So, I'll start with the original. Um, So,
0: it's like the court, the trial's going on, and, you know, uh, we're near the end of the movie, kind of, when that trial happens anyway. So, it's like, you know, we got some comedic beats uh the prosecutor's son is on the stand hi daddy <laughs> like, just ridiculous stuff and uh yeah some cute stuff and then like well you need proof we need proof um some government proof that this man is santa claus it's like oh shit and then there's just um the argument that um brian was a better lawyer because he he's he wasn't like oh shit i got nothing like Gailey was just like, I, I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we're just gonna have to wait till tomorrow and to find out uh if we did enough to convince him. But what happens is Susie writes a nice letter to Santa and she addresses it to the courtroom where the trial is happening. And not mm-hmm. only does she write the um you know this nice letter to Santa, but the mom also writes, I believe. Yes. You know? The whole point of the movie <laughs> Was is this man Santa and two people who did not believe in Santa Claus said they believe in Santa Claus. That's right. That happened. That's, That's a story that happened in the movie. It's pretty important. And this letter gets sent to the post office, sets off a series of events mm-hmm. that all the letters to Santa are taken in to this courtroom, And like I said, the Simpsons, just mailbag after mailbag. And then everybody's laughing. These letters just start getting poured onto the judge's area. I don't know the desk. I don't know what the hell the judge sits at. Um, So they just poured there and all these letters. So an official branch of the federal government is saying this man is Santa Claus because all these letters to Santa are going to him. So therefore, there's the proof that this man is Santa Claus, you know. So, like I said, Simpsons did it. <laughs> and it's a, it's, just a, an, it's just an iconic moment of all these letters coming in for this guy. You know, they have no hope. They don't know what to do. But yep. because Susie wrote this letter, it set off a series of events that led to this iconic moment of all these letters coming in and saving the day. It's kind of this Christmas miracle, if you mm-hmm. will, happening in our Christmas movie. And mm-hmm. it's a pretty solid way to... Um, to wrap up that hearing.
1: Yeah. And I'll say this one of the major differences between these court hearings is sort of the the judge's sort of um, I guess motivation, let's put it this way. Right. The original film accurately <laughs> expresses that if uh <laughs> if someone around Christmas time had a trial with a guy that thought he was Santa and it made national media that whoever was the one that said that Santa's not real is going to be an unpopular figure, uh, regardless of our laws and things like that. And like Galey, though he may not be the best lawyer, knows a little something about uh, media, and uses uh, the press to his advantage. In fact, he even says it out loud. He's like, "That's a great idea. I will use <laughs> the press." And I mean, and you know, the judge in both films has this idea that uh, you know the re-election or election, whatever it is. It just doesn't it work. It's like, hey, your grandkids hate you now because you got <laughs> Santa on trial. The the lawyer's kid hates him, and everyone's just like, damn it, like, <laughs> ah, what do I do? Like this guy's crazy, but what? <laughs> but I want to be the guy to get Santa. And they give this this nice, like you mentioned, iconic, beautiful little like button up thing, which is like, is it goofy? Sure, but yeah, the post office delivered mail to this guy, and mm-hmm. it's a felony to deliver mail improperly, so yeah, he must be Santa. And the judge is like, good enough for me? Good enough for everybody. (laughs) You know, like, you're the judge that saved Santa. It's like, yeah, I bet he is going to win that election. This Remake. The judge is a greedy corporatist. (laughs) They're like, hey, uh, Mr. Lambert says, uh, you know, justice should prevail. And he's like, oh, Mr. Lambert, cool. And money does talk. (laughs) 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 The hand-wringing. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, it just felt like so many steps were missing in this remake trial, like like you mentioned, Fred Gailey goes to uh to Bellevue. he's trying to help chris they he says, no matter what you know my my um firm doesn't want me to do this, but I know it's right because I believe you're saying right? This guy doesn't believe in him at all. there's no real friction, right like there's no law firm that's saying don't defend this guy he does like uh, mid-range, at best, defense of, uh, of Chris Kringle. And then they, like, shoo in this ridiculous uh, legal argument of, well, our money says in God we trust. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> why are you rewriting this? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? It makes zero sense. Because there's no reason why the judge isn't going to just take the money and run. Uh, it's not going to affect his reelection, really. I guess... Now everyone's interested in the Santa, but it didn't feel like it like that again, was much more legible in that first film. Like you're at home and your family's like, you suck. (laughs) Like, like, okay, I got why the judge now wants this to happen. Then he has this weird backdoor meeting with the, the defendant, I guess. And he's like, I wish I could help you, but I can't because the law and you know, like it just, it felt really again, that word muddy. It just felt muddy and strange. Um, Having Susie, who has not resembled a child at any point in this movie, <laughs> now come down with this letter, and as you mentioned, not signed by her mother. Mm-hmm. So her mother does not believe in Santa. Uh, her mother does not believe in Santa when she gets married. Her mother does not believe in Santa on the day of Christmas. <laughs> like, uh, the only time her mother believes in Santa, I guess, is when she finds out she's pregnant, but she hasn't taken a pregnancy test. All that to say that, you know what's a lot more fun? Some random dude in the in the post office like, hey, Mac, we got another <laughs> letter to Santa. Another letter to Santa. Hmm. Let's take those on down to the courthouse. And, like, again, I, I'm, i you know, I don't get emotional when I watch corporate films like this. But, like, it tugs your heartstrings when the, the doors open and these guys come in with their their, mm-hmm. their letters to Santa like that. Hey, man, like, that's a good ending. Um, The way they get to the house at the end. And it's so unexpected. Uh, We see Chris again. We get to see him in the aftermath of the trial and him feeling good about what's happening you know more just good feeling happening in this movie
0: mm-hmm. and then alfred's there too he meets mr macy he's so ecstatic he's like you
1: introduced me to mr
0: macy this is awesome
1: yeah yeah all these fun characters come back and everyone gets this beautiful fairy tale ending and it's all good and, and you know we, and we fire sawyer good like <laughs> that guy he's the bad guy the bad guy in this movie is vaguely like hmm, this is gonna come back to bite me it's like how how are you going to sell less stuff? The, there's a shotgun wedding, and there's this awful, awful. If uh, the United States government believes in God, and God's not real. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, um, I'm not here to say whether Santa's real or not. I'm just going to. That's the trial. All right, guys. <laughs> Movie done. I hate it. I hate the ending it's 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 pretty bold comparing santa to people's
0: deities <laughs> saying like yeah santa's right up there with god right so we believe in one it's it's a reach it, it's it's absolutely a reach um there's a lot of reasons I don't like it i'm trying to figure out where to start i'm going to start at the beginning okay the trial in the remake <laughs> happens with 40 minutes left to go mm-hmm 40 minutes left we have this long ass trial I have problems with it a lot of problems with it Um, one problem I have is like right before the trial uh, I guess he puts like an ad the lawyer puts an ad in like the newspapers telling people to believe so like everybody's just like putting up like these signs in front of their house like I believe in Santa I believe in Santa I believe in Santa like everybody in the whole fucking world believes this guy's Santa we still got 40 minutes in the film to go I feel like at that point, we could have had a five minute trial, you know, wrapped up the relationships with everybody else. It could have been 10 minutes done, but we have four minutes to go. I am not going to let this go. We have 40 more minutes in this fucking movie to go over this trial. What kid is is going to like this? Who, like you said, who is this for? Who is this trial for? Because it's not for kids. It's yeah sure there's jokes here and there but it's a bunch of adults talking litigation and all this lego mumbo jumbo stuff yeah. and it's like there, there's some kids in there sometimes and it's like even some of the kids get replaced by adults at, right. in the witness stand it's like yeah. instead of the kids kid it's I'm um, sorry instead of the prosecutor's kid it's the prosecutor's wife now and it's like okay I, I guess we can do that and it's like like I said after the proposal after she said no to the proposal we don't see Susie. we just right. totally lost track of her but we we stuck with her in the original film and she is the reason that chris kringle gets saved she is the reason the kid saves santa first a, for a christmas movie kids love that <laughs> you know yep. the kid saves santa in the remake Dylan McDermott's just like, oh, look at this dollar bill. Let me use this. I'm the one who saved Christmas. Me, the man. Oh, <laughs> it's like, I, I have the little kid to save Christmas, man. What, what are you it, doing, giving it, him it, all the fucking
1: credit? Doesn't make sense. Like Dylan McDermott being like, I know what this is about. This is about money. It's like, no, it's about your flimsy ass legal defense. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you suck. And then he looks at the dollar, dollar, dollar. I solved it. You know, you're right. The kid, bro, kids. It's a funnier joke, like the subpoena. The wife sitting, in uh, excuse me, in the stands, not the witness stand, but in like the the bench. Just being like, uh, I'm sorry, the kid's got to speak. I got a subpoena. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. You know, it makes the impact of him having to sit on the uh, the phone book funnier. Like they do the same beat, but like the kid is. Far less consequential. Like, Who was
0: the kid? Uh, he's just a random kid. He was in the movie he was, earlier. He was one of the kids that sat. I, on he was Santa's the
1: judge's. Lap. He was the judge's grandkid.
0: No, I don't think it was. I think it was a different kid.
1: Oh yeah, oh, uh, I, yeah I think was, so. Uh, I, I don't know.
0: I, I don't. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was just a random kid um, that just Santa's, sat on Santa's lap uh, earlier in the it, department store. Probably.
1: I mean, because of the way that. Yeah, I give this film no credit. So yeah. Yeah. Just. But like, why? You know, like, why did they do this? Why? Why? <laughs> why did they make these choices because i i don't get it like why why is this a better defense than the letters
0: i don't i think honestly it's just let's we have to have our own signature ending we we have we can't just do what they did that's the original we can't just do it worked okay that's That's the only reason it's just just hubris we have to do something different I, i can't think of why it, you would change it because it's it's a solid ending it's a, it's a solid defense
1: yeah. it's a worse legal defense in the remake like, yeah you know if i was the lawyer prosecuting this and this is the problem we're talking about the legality versus exactly. the fun right and it's like i would have been like first of all what does, uh the existence of god have to do with, with this man believing that he's santa claus <laughs> like if i if i came in here and said i believe that i'm god you um, know i would assume that you would uh you know send me to bellevue like that should have been like <laughs> Uh, counter-rebuttal, uh, this trial's not over. <laughs> you know, it it, it like, it. like didn't make sense. Like The original film was asking, look, I want to believe you. I want to believe that this is Santa. I, There's no proof. And he was like, you got to give me proof from, like you mentioned, a government entity, post office, post office of the go- government. Hey, uh, we're uh, the Southern District Court of New York. I'm not fighting uh, <laughs> the federal government. So uh, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. <laughs> and and the guy gets to, Everybody gets to be a winner The only person that's a loser Is the one clear villain in the movie Which is uh, Dr. Sawyer Who did something shitty And got his comeuppance Because he got fired And we just let that guy disappear But like the judge wasn't evil He was just a guy that was like Alright I guess I'm the judge on this case <laughs> And look uh, Sure he had his own self interest You know you got the guy in the back With the cigar chomping on it Being like we're gonna <laughs> go all the way to Washington <laughs> With this one but, like at least it was clean, right It was a clean fun ending like I've never seen the movie before. I was actually pretty surprised by by that. I was like that's actually kind of didn't see that coming I thought that was that was cool like I know you had a reference point for it before, but I was like, all right, that wasn't expecting that pleasantly surprised by the movie remake it's like all right, I do now have a a framework of where this could go, and what you presented to me was. So much worse. So, like, Susie walks down the the aisle with a Christmas card, bribes the judge (laughs) in open court, and he's like, "I'm the hand of the dollar." Yeah,
0: Uh, yeah, they throw that line in, of course. (laughs) So
1: stupid. Just, just be a Christmas movie,
0: please. (laughs) I just, you just, you took away uh, the hero moment that Susie had in the original film. That it was her letter (laughs) that set everything in motion, and. No, she just she's just handing the letter in the remake. It, it's, it's so much weaker.
1: So As a kid,
0: weaker. you it, boy, you don't have a hero moment. She has a hero moment in that original film. Yeah. What are you, the, the the postman? What is this fucking that <laughs> Kevin Costner movie? Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no heroes just delivering. Going from one to the other, she was a hero in that first original film, and now she's just well, I guess the the lawyer told me to give this to you. I don't really know what the point of it is. yeah, <laughs> come on and, man
1: and again, for a Christmas movie, like that movie, the original does seem to be marketed towards kids. It's like sure it's marketed towards his parents, so you're gonna have to sit through all this Macy's talk. but at the end, okay, Susie's letter gets to Santa. And you know who else's letters get to Santa? all the other little kids mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Santa gets my letters. That's really cool. Santa is real, and he gets my letters. I will continue to write letters to Santa. I will continue to believe in the mythology and the lore of St. Nick. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) integration of this Christmas tradition into your weirdly, like, Mr. Smith's go to -to Washington. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Mr. Kringle goes to (laughs) (laughs) the... Yeah. Mr. Kringle goes to the... uh, Uh, Supreme Court of New York. Like, <laughs> it, like, it's funny. Like, taking those concepts of like Christmas and the court and blending them together in this way was like yeah. fun. And it's still fun 60 something years later. Yeah. So it works. Yeah, I got
0: nothing to add to that. <laughs> um, but it, like, um, I guess I'll just go after the trial. So, like sure. you said, in the original, they go to where. Chris kringle lives they have a little celebration and then uh he gives them directions to get home because they're not familiar with the area and then on the drive home Susie's like stop stop it's the house <laughs> and then she just runs right into this house that's for sale and uh just like it's fully furnished or
1: uh, is it fully furnished no that one's not okay
0: i'm now mixing up the films so yeah but it's like has like all this stuff in it and she just loves it she goes in the yard and then the two of them are like, I guess, well, we could buy it, I guess. and Why not? And then they see the cane in the corner, and then they give each other the, what? Did he do this?
1: Um, so, I, yeah. I'm sorry, but I love the fact they're like, well, we can't disappoint her on Christmas. I guess we got to <laughs> enter into a relationship and buy this house. But, well, naturally, it's Christmas. <laughs> well, so
0: it's, it's a little bit of a reach, but, you know, it, 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 it was so strong in the courtroom. You just... Let's keep the good feelings going. Let's give her her Christmas present. Okay,
1: I'll I'll go for it. And, you know, besides that, though, like as much as I'm saying it's a reach, actually not, because ultimately it's the result that they want. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be on this sort of Christmas timeline. Right, right exactly.
0: Because she never rejected him. He never, like, made it weird by proposing way too early. Unlike the remake, (laughs) where after the trial... The mom and uh, the lawyer—they get a letter saying, "Meet me here um, after the midnight mass." And then they both go to church, and they're like, "Did you do this? No, you did this." And then yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. it's like we're here for a wedding. And instead of you know doing the adult thing, going, "This is weird, I'm not going to go through with a wedding," they decide to get married, even though she clearly rejected him just a couple weeks, maybe a couple days earlier. <laughs> I don't exactly know the timeline of from the rejection to the trial. But um, not much time has passed, because remember we started Thanksgiving and now we're at Christmas. Yep. Uh, so she just changes her mind for no particular reason. Never said she believed in Santa or anything. And uh, he, I guess he did his job. So that's good. He's good at his job. <laughs> so maybe that's why she wanted to marry him. I. It just again muddy. It, I didn't yeah. buy that. I couldn't buy in because she had already rejected him. And Both. there was nothing... He didn't really do anything for their relationship to make her change her mind. Sure, he saved Chris Kringle and maybe Christmas or whatever, but, you know, we're talking about two people spending the rest of their lives together, and one of them said no. What did right. you do to fix that? What did you do to change that?
1: Right.
0: Nothing. I mean, it's, if it's a Christmas miracle, is, I guess.
1: And just like, again... The way they paced and shot the movie and stuff like that. One, like you mentioned, we have 40 minutes for this trial. we got two minutes to resolve the arc. Um, they kind of just throw away Chris. Like, they're just like, well, we're done with Santa because we did all that stupid stuff you guys wanted us to do because it's a Miracle on 34th Street uh, re- remake. You know, it's like, it was Santa important to this spot? <laughs> At all because like they just they just move forward really, like this movie is ultimately about these two's relationship as you mentioned, and not about the relationship of Santa and all of the children of the world, so it, it fails in that side of a Christmas movie and um to your point like I, I just don't I don't know like the pace is all all wrong, mm-hmm. and there there is no resolution as you mentioned for that scene there's not really a lot that they could have done for me at this point in a movie to redeem mrs uh walker um and that's a shame because like it really shouldn't have been such of a brutal letdown at the proposal i think if they had handled that scene yeah in a different way it was like hey look i appreciate the sentiment but you know i got my own things i got to work through that would have been okay but yeah. they made her just like yeah they made her like she
0: flat out rejected him. Like, I don't want anything to do it's with like, you, pretty much. It's like,
1: the idea that you think that I would want to marry you is preposterous. Right. And you're a fool for thinking that way. Pretty definitive. Right. That's, you know, that's kind of the end of the conversation, isn't it? But no, it's not because, nope. like you mentioned, wait a minute, where'd this priest come from? This has to be, that has to be you. And You knew I was Roman Catholic, clearly. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like, the whole thing was ridiculous. Yeah,
0: and the movie doesn't end there though.
1: No, no, (laughs) we still got more
0: movie because we still have Christmas morning.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: So we're doing presents, Christmas morning, and then Susie's opening up her present, and then she's like, "I I need something to tell you something." What? And then there's like light just coming out of nowhere, and then what is it from? It's from her new shiny rock. She has the the engagement ring on. I guess that's also her wedding ring, and then she also sees. brian come out of the bedroom too wearing his robe like With i just robe? fucked your mother <laughs> <All> yeah, <right. laughs> I know,
1: bro. it was crazy <laughs> and
0: it's not over yet because mrs walker has to do some photos for her job okay so i gotta drive yep. here on christmas day for yep. my job i'm not gonna question it i'm not gonna put up a fight I'm not going to celebrate Christmas with my family. Instead, I'm going to go and do my job on Christmas. and Yeah. Because we're that's what happened in the remake, or in the original. We just drove, and she, it's the house, and they got Christmas bonuses, and this house is yours, but it's not yours. You can afford it, right? Because you got a Christmas bonus. Right. That's right. You got the Christmas bonus. Now you can afford this house, I think. I'm giving yeah. you this house, but not really. You still have to pay for it. Uh, Here you go. Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, You're pregnant, Mom. Bye. Yeah oh yeah and
1: we all got our bonuses <laughs> thanks Chris I mean it was, I wasn't expecting to get a bonus this year crazy, it's, <laughs> crazy. You, like you said pacing pacing we have a
0: bad very bad poor pacing with the latter half of this movie we have like a 35 minute trial everything yeah. summed up in like 5 minutes <laughs> like everything just crammed <laughs> into the last 5 minutes it oh, is you can, too
1: much you can sit We've seen Christmas movies. You can sit in that Christmas feeling for 20 minutes if you want. You could, do, you could go across town dropping presents off to every kid in the neighborhood, and people will accept that because you got us in the Christmas spirit. This movie is like, I'm more focused on the legal question of mm-hmm. could there be a Santa than I am about the characters that I've presented and their resolution. That, that's a crazy, bold statement to make in a film and uh they're making it because of their pacing choice and why is this film so damn long
0: i I, you know me reggie if a film's longer it better be damn interesting and uh what they added and you know you just you made the trial longer you focused on the love story a little bit more Mm -hmm. did you give me more christmas
1: no no you you removed like, if you go look at uh, Miracle on 34th Street, DVD cover or whatever, thumbnail on Netflix or wherever this thing is streaming, um, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see a guy that looks like Santa. <laughs> um, and You'll probably see a little girl uh, that's interacting with that Santa. Mm-hmm. That is the movie.
0: That's it's... the poster for the remake. It's just
1: Santa, the girl, and, like, Christmas tree. I think that's yeah. it makes sense and you know why because that is the story the story of a mother who's had a rough go at life that has lost her faith in everything right she's lost her faith in men she's lost her faith in society and um and, and she's lost her faith in fun and this guy this sort of odd character comes into her life uh proposing to be something that she knows to not be real turns out he's the real deal and not only is he the real deal He's made everyone believe. And, you know, that moment where she writes on that letter, mm-hmm. P.S., I believe that is the story. <laughs> Susie is a surrogate for Mrs. Walker. Santa is is a surrogate for her faith. And it has come back together in this neat Christmas package. It's a very simple beautiful story that happens to have some corporate interest in but uh, you know you can't pay for the type of Christmas joy that the, this movie and Macy's brought you I, I just I don't I don't get it like where do they not know what this was about because it seems they don't know what it's about they, I think they thought that we wanted Dylan McDermott to bang that chick <laughs> which I did but this was, was a subplot <laughs>
0: It's just a 20-minute deleted scene <laughs> somewhere.
1: Oh, I bet. It's like Team America. <laughs> well, this isn't very Christmassy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My bad. It's okay. You want to talk about the music? <laughs> hey, let's talk about the
0: music. I just wanted to talk about the music a little bit because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the 47 film, does it have Christmas music in it? I don't recall I don't think it does to Christmas music. No. I mean and I started to think about it it's like, wait, when were Christmas songs written like was this made before Christmas songs? Well, they did have the Sinterklaas. Claus Claus uh, they had that weird weird Claus song <laughs> so but there were Christmas songs like Santa Claus is coming to town did was made in like nineteen thirty four but I actually did some research in like the top twenty five Christmas songs like Only 10 of them came out before this movie was made. Maybe Mm -hmm. nine, because maybe it was made in 1946. So, like, a lot of Christmas music might have come out after this Christmas movie, which kind of blows my mind. It's like, you think of Christmas music, like, just something that's, like, always been there. Like, Jesus was born, and then somebody was just singing Jingle Bells right there, like, (laughs) right next to him. So, it's, like, it's interesting that there's not really a lot of Christmas music in, like, a Christmas film. Which, today, by today's standards, like you look at Home Alone, it's just like so much Christmas music. Even like, Die Hard, just so much Christmas music. And then the remake does have a lot of Christmas music. Yep. I don't know if there were any new Christmas songs written for it. If there were, I, I didn't really remember any of them. But I just thought that was an interesting point, that there's not really a lot of Christmas music in this sort of Christmas classic, as it were. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it's hard to imagine, like, Those times, right? Like, uh, when you think about this film, which, uh, I don't think you could make this movie again, especially, I mean, clearly they didn't in '94, uh, with this whole, like, you know, once we get the smell of, like, this is a Macy's movie, you know, that starts to kind of, you know, turn people off. I think that that corporate hook wasn't quite as, uh, pronounced, maybe. Maybe that's why we're not seeing it. Um, Again, I don't know. I have no real frame of reference for it. But, uh, you know, I can't imagine it being, you know, mid November and not hear Christmas music at a store or on the radio at this point. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, it does seem to be missing, but maybe it wasn't that important at the time. You know, I guess probably less ways to even interact with that. Like, you imagine there's like five radio channels and (laughs) and one of them's just all Christmas stuff for a month. I think people would kind of be mad about that <laughs> but, i didn't really yeah, notice
0: yeah. it until the, i saw the remake yeah so it's it's not like i don't, know, I just don't feel like christmas because i'm not hearing any christmas songs it's just i just was it was an interesting thing that i never really yeah. thought about like like the origin of like christmas songs and like when did we start doing christmas songs like so heavily into like you know rotation and all that stuff
1: it's a great question i i obviously i don't have an answer for it either but uh no, you make a good point, and I think, again, because we talked about pacing, the movie actually moved at a pretty brisk yeah, pace, all definitely. things considered, and I didn't really stop to think about it so uh, just now, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty good pacing-wise. I remember last time we did the Casino Royale movies, and when you, when you made me watch that original, I was checking the clock, like, every yeah. ten minutes for that yeah. piece of shit. This one, <laughs> not so much. The The original, no. The remake... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when we got to that trial. I was like, holy I was going to say that. Once I got
1: to the trial, I was shit. like... Shit.
0: Yeah. But um, I'm going to save my reservation for that. I think it's time for the verdicts. Sure. All right. So here we are. Reggie, should the remake of Miracle on 34th Street exist?
1: Again, just like we did with Casino Royale, I'm going to sort of backtrack by talking about the original a little bit. It is a film that is uh, that is well-paced, that is a very straightforward story you know you're really talking about what well there's more but like there's five actors right throughout the film that kind of matter um they rightfully acknowledge that susie is one of those actors they should focus on and the characters that are side characters they feel like side characters this remake makes choices that don't elevate the story and complicates the story in some ways and i feel like when they did that they missed the point right um it doesn't matter that shoppers express wants to buy out Kohl's. it doesn't matter that fred daly you know the proposal like that doesn't really matter it's an unfortunate thing that happens in a movie but it's a distraction they really should have keyed in on who is this chris kringle character what's his deal because we we spend a lot more time with that in the original we look at his uh his employee card and like uh the way he's described himself it's very sort of uh uh, what's where the there's like this myth and lore to it, right like he's doing things like Santa would do in the real world it's it's kind of novel and absurd, but uh because he's so charming charismatic believable um people that otherwise wouldn't start to believe him Mr Macy's like, okay, yeah, yeah santa, whatever um uh different doctors at the uh the old folks home they believe him It just i don't get that in this remake i don't think that anyone really believes him. Maybe the kid, but the kid's not in the movie enough. So I, I don't know how they took this really easy story and fucked it up, for lack of a better word. But they did. And um, I think there's a reason why I've never seen this movie before. You know, I've seen a lot of Christmas garbage. Um, Jingle All the Way is one of my favorite movies. I, oh, I watch it every year. That is not year. garbage.
0: That is a classic. No, I know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Put I agree. the cookie down. I'm sorry. I just had to get that out there. All right. <laughs> I, I love it. Man. But like, I am, you know, we talked about before, is like my Grinchy ways. I'm not really the big Christmas movie guy. But like, every year, I do the dance just like everybody else. If Charlie Brown's going to sit in front of that tree, I'm going to watch it. If that Grinch is going to steal Christmas, I'm going to watch it in cartoon and live action. I'm the one dumb enough to watch the Pac-Man Christmas movie. I watched this, and it did nothing for me. It didn't make me feel like I, I was doing anything Christmassy. It was just like, this is not a Christmas movie. So, uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, this remake should not exist because anyone could have pulled this off and they didn't. It's crazy. That's it.
0: You know me, Reggie. I, well, what what did you bring? What did you bring to the table to, to merit this movie needed to be made? So I thought of all of the new stuff that we got. What did we get? We got the Shoppers Express which was kind of went nowhere. We got the extended love story that really didn't matter. We got some Christmas music. It's in color. Uh, those things are true about the film, but yeah, it, ultimately it does kind of lose just like the message like, what, what is What's, what's the story we're trying to tell here. And like, for me, I completely dropped off when we got to the trial because it just felt like a completely different film at that point i just i'm thinking about kids watching this what kid is gonna sit there and watch this trial and this remake and go yeah this is a christmas movie this is a great christmas movie kids are gonna be bored out of their minds during that trial even with like fun things like a reindeer or a kid who's like he's too grumpy looking to be santa even that stuff it's just we want to see santa we want to see him interacting with kids that's what we want to see and if i'm bored i can't imagine what a kid with like no attention spans is going to be doing one that seems when that whole trial is happening it's just it was too long it was just why did we make this movie longer i I, i'm still just like scratching my head about it but it it wasn't good (laughs) what they what they added wasn't good I will give this the remake, though. I thought that scene with the deaf kid was goddamn adorable and charming. And the, I love that scene. And if you made more of that in this yeah. remake, yeah, that movie should absolutely exist. But you didn't. You focused on this love story. You focused on this trial. You focused on this evil corporation. And I didn't buy into any of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty easy. The, this remake should not exist.
1: Yeah, they, they basically just took, like... What are things that should happen in a 90s film and then just like shuffle it up with uh with The Miracle on 34th Street story and you know it, it didn't translate very well.
0: No, John um, Hughes, man. He got his he, he ruined 101 Dalmatians for me. He ruined Miracle on 34th Street for me. Yeah. Anything that he touches in the 90s, I feel like I I'm going to have I'm going to have very negative emotions of, sure. towards.
1: Sure. I I'll say this like um In the spirit of this, like, uh, here's a movie that I'm not saying go watch this, uh, but, you know, Christmas Chronicles, right? It's a Netflix movie that came out that, you know, I watched because cultural phenomena, things happen, right? It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's like a classic Santa, you know, gets stuck uh, in some town. He's got to, like, team up with some kids to get his sleigh going so he can deliver the presents, right? It's classic, silly Santa story, but it, it just hits those notes. It focuses on the kids. It does have jokes for adults. It has um, sort of what you're expecting from a movie with kids. Uh, like, that, to me, which isn't, isn't even a movie I really like that much, but, like, it's a Christmas movie and it hits those notes that you expect. It's it's a very particular type of camp that a Christmas movie is, and this movie does not hit those notes. So, uh, just wanted to kind of point to an uh, an example of a film kind of like this that nails the tone even though it's not even that great of a movie like that's not really the point of a christmas movie is it
0: yeah i I definitely didn't get the christmas feeling um especially once we hit that trial i mean like i said it could have ended the remake it could have ended like it could have ended just when everybody was holding up the signs like i believe i believe everybody in the world believes he's santa I I don't it doesn't really matter what it, this court mat thinks at this point, because the whole world believes that this guy is Santa. And to have forty more minutes of movie just dragged out, oh man, what a chore. Yeah. I was checking the clock like every two minutes after that yeah. trial. I was
1: so yeah. bored. Yeah, but you're right, like basically up to the point that you described, like the sign language part, which was a nice translation of that scene. Yeah. Um, they still had a handle on the movie at that point. Mm-hmm. And um after that it, it you know just kind of descends uh it just doesn't really make sense that you know like maybe there should have been an alfred type character maybe there should have been it's dubious or maybe there should have been a psychologist i mean like i'm looking at all these things that worked in the original and i imagine it would have worked in this remake and they're just not there it's weird
0: or you could just have somebody who worked at the department store just like i don't know jealous of this yeah look yeah,
1: yeah. i don't know you you don't need this
0: all this extra stuff that we added we don't care about the tooth fairy you know what are you doing what are you yeah. doing remake
1: yeah well that's a that's a remake for you sometimes <laughs> sometimes we found some good ones but this is not this yeah, is not
0: it this is definitely not one of them
1: all right well
0: what are we doing next reggie
1: I didn't think that far ahead.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you um, picked Casino what? Royale. This was kind of like mutual, like let's do this one. So Uh all right. So, I don't know. I'm just looking at this list here and one that kind of sticks out to me is guess who's coming to dinner?
1: Okay. And then they got huh? the
0: remake Guess Who? I think is what it's called. Let me
1: This one for uh, that's one Ashton Kutcher? Kutcher. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hey. That that works for me. So um, that takes place around the holidays, right?
0: And look at this: the majority of the remake was filmed in New Jersey, Cranford, New Jersey. Which,
1: oh, cool. yeah! Look at that. <laughs>
0: nice. nice. A lot of filming Close in New Jersey these days. <laughs> All right, so we'll do "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner" versus "Guess Who" for next time. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Let us know what you thought in the comments below. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Do you know the difference between a trial and a hearing? Let us know all these important facts. Or let us know down below. Um, If you're not following us, you know, feel free to subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a five star on iTunes. Whatever you can do to help us grow. Um, You could also follow us on all the social medias at Retro vs.
1: Remake. I'm Reggie Parker at RP Comedy on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Uh, and I'm Dan Bullock. You can follow me at I don't know, console wars, guys. You know who I am. If you're watching this, probably exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Thanks for watching another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus remake. remake.